Hi, everybody. It's episode 364 of PodQuest. Hey. It's Wednesday, August 4th, 2021. I am Chris. With me is Druton. Hello. And Walnut. Hi, I'm here. How you guys doing? Not too bad. Uh, you know, just forgetting that I didn't Instagram out what game I was playing tonight, so I'm doing that right now. But I'm pr- wow. doing all right. Wow. Way, way to not be 100% invested in recording. I'm 110% invested. It's just I have to go find the old picture of Monster Hunter Stories 2 that I used last time and just pull that up and post it. Actually, how is, uh, how's that, that um, USB thing that you got working? The, the, the Shadowcast? Yes. It that. works. It works really well. But like it has to be in performance mode. If it's in like like resolution mode or like it, it, the, the games look a little bit dull because it's not giving me the best graphical that it could be. Um, like I can't play Mario Golf in like high power re- uh, resolution mode. It has to be in performance because of those time time button presses. But like Monster Hunter Stories, I can play in a little bit more of like it. Ha- it's a little bit more loosey goosey with the 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 like timing of things that i could play in a better uh resolution oh right because this thing is actually running through your pc so like it's showing you the gameplay on your screen yeah yeah right i forgot about that you should you should keep your eyes on the elgatos and grab one when they go on sale because they go on pretty good sales like a couple times a year i was looking at them there's some for like 150 there's some for like 60 bucks some for 150 i bought this thing for about 50 bucks so So like the 150 ones are the ones that you want, and I see them go on sale for closer to 100, probably like two or three times a year, because um, usually, I, I want to say the, the 150 ones are the ones that are usually 1080, 60. Yeah, that's the HD6. Yeah, so that would that would let you route it to the PC and your actual TV so that you can play things in like a native console mode, but then yeah. still have them look good on stream. And have all the control and everything, like, be able to just look at your PC and control it, rather than, like, having your game also on the PC and making it a little weird. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, at least you have something to, to use right now. It's not like you, you need something yeah. else. It's, it, it does, it, 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 it does its purpose. Um, and so I, like I said, I am looking into better capture cards. Um, but for now, it does what it needs to do, and I'm happy with it. Uh, and it's like, I want to try setting up my PS5 onto there, but like, I don't want to play games and that, like, I, I want to get a better capture card for like the PS5. So when I do stream PS5 games, I'm still using the native PlayStation streaming tech. And being able to do it through like an Elgato or some sort of capture card would definitely give you a little, a little bit more control. You wouldn't get those weird blackouts if you're playing like a story game. Yeah. Where it's like, right. oh yeah, no, we're we're gonna just show you this sleep, this guy sleeping for a few minutes because we can't show you what's on the screen. Yeah, because um, that happened when I was playing Final Fantasy Seven. Uh, Yuffie. Uh, the the very come on, come on, give us the whole name. It's Final Fantasy Seven. The it's Final Fantasy Seven Remake Integrate. No intermission. I don't know exactly. Fuck that. <laughs> uh, it's intermission. It's Final Fantasy VII Remake Intermission. It, it uh, is. is. I just is want, I wanted to see how many tries it would take because that is the uh, dumbest thing in the world. But uh, at the very end, uh, pretty much the scene where they're walking to calm, it it paused the stream. Like, it just had a blue screen and it had the audio. It had my audio, but it didn't have the game's audio and video. Oh, yeah. See, that's stupid. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the biggest downfall of the PlayStation and I assume the Xbox streaming 
is it does shit like that. And it's yeah. like, you know, if you had a capture card, like, you would just be showing all this stuff. So maybe those consoles should just stop. Well, I guess it's it, the, it's the developers it's, that are that yeah. are plugging in when it's happening. But, like, mm-hmm. if people really want to stream that stuff and they get annoyed enough, they're just going to buy capture cards and just circumvent this anyway. So why waste your time? Look, the, the thing is, though, I bet if I bet Square would come at me harder if I didn't have those scenes hidden. Because they already said that I need to remove the video or the audio from both of those streams because of the music of that game. So, like, they're assholes. You know that. Well, so it, that's not that's not how it works, though. They're not coming after you. They literally have, like, an algorithm that runs looking for stuff. Like, they don't have somebody actually on YouTube looking for, like, keywords or anything like that. Yeah, I know. I know. But so, like, it's it, like, the point still remains they could not. Oh, yeah, no. Let people do it. I mean, there are people that are getting banned from Twitter for DMCA stuff right now for, like, clips they shared of something from seven years ago. Yeah. Like, they don't even realize this is a tweet they had because they have 13,000 tweets. Yeah. I was, I was, uh, gaming with, uh, Matt and Bennett last week playing, um, uh, Division. And they started singing a stained song. And he gets, like, Matt gets, like, a line in and he's like, can I continue? Or I'm like, Dude, do you really think Stained is going to DMCA us? Really? I mean, their record company the, might. Uh, yes, exactly. <laughs> I was going to say, they might not, but their record label will. Who who owns the rights to Stained's Outside? Because I assume that's what they were singing. <laughs> it, it, it was. It absolutely was. <laughs> and uh, here's the thing. That song isn't old enough to be fair use. Nope. I, I could have swore that song would be old enough to be fair use. No, I, uh, I, fair use is not 20 years I thought it was. Or public domain. Or public fair domain. use is it, fair use is different. Fair use is, is like a thing that has to be part of the license up front. Um and like most thing like most things that go onto YouTube are considered fair use. Where like as long as you're not monetizing it, you're fine. Yeah. I, I meant I meant public domain and uh no, public domain's like a- eighty six years or something weird like that. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Yeah, it was 60, but then uh, Disney was like, no, we want to keep all of our unused properties. So they, like, went into a case with the FAA. Yeah, and Outside by Stained is only 20 years old, give or take. Late 90s, early 2000s. Early 2000s, for sure. I couldn't I couldn't remember, because it was, I, I mean, I know it was the, the live version with Fred Durst before he went on Undercover Boss. Wait, Fred Durst was on Undercover Boss? Oh, have you not seen the pictures of Fred Durst from, like, the last couple of weeks? Uh, I mean, I, I, I think one of you guys shared it. Yeah, like he, he looks like he went on, like he's getting ready to go on Undercover Boss for like some shitty theme restaurant tunes. <laughs> I mean, that's he is probably a partner in uh, uh, Kid Rock's restaurant. I mean, this is it's possible. Uh, you want to know what uh, Kid Rock's restaurant is called? Sure, and you'll get to go here because it's in Nashville. I know. I was gonna say I fucking have seen it when looking because it, it's in that strip of restaurants and mm-hmm. bars that have music all night. It's like Kid Rock's something something honky tonk or something. That that sounds about right. Kid Rock's big ass honky tonk rock and roll steakhouse. Big ass, yeah. I just yep. I just sent you guys what Fred Durst looks like right now. Oh yeah, he looks like uh, <laughs> he looks like a douche. <laughs> and like I mean he always has. But like I saw a picture specifically of him with that haircut and facial hair and like button up shirt where he also had sunglasses on and like it really did it either looked like he was uh, I've heard a few people make the mention of it looks like he he saw the um Beastie Boys video for sabotage a few too many times. Mm-hmm. Um 
or like he's going on undercover boss because th- that's sort of the shitty disguises they always gave people on that show. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, um, where the there's the outline. I I missed it. So before we get started, have you guys at all seen the controller option for Halo Infinite? No, no. Was that a thing? So um, this past weekend was the the. Uh, multiplayer test and it wasn't even multiplayer it was the multiplayer modes but only with bots you you weren't actually playing against other people to my understanding they did mm-hmm. eventually put in matchmaking okay they, they did add it in giant bomb. yeah it seemed like it was a broken fucking mess at times though but apparently the gameplay is actually real good right now so uh tim gettys at kind of funny posted a video on twitter of him playing it on pc with a mouse and controller at the same time okay so he had, instead of using um, WASD, he was using the controller to run around, like, to, for movement, and then the mouse for aiming. Okay. And, like, sure. that ki- that kind of seems perfect to me. Yeah, I mean, but, like, I feel like you could do that with any game, as long as you have a keyboard and a mouse. No, most games, like, you you have the option of controller or mouse and keyboard. Weird. That's it's kind of like how and it's kind of like how Goldeneye on N sixty four was, I believe, the only game that lets you play with two different controllers for one player. Yeah. To so this way you could have a dual analog experience. Well, I think you could do it in Perfect Dark as well. Oh, uh, you know what? That would make sense. But like, there weren't many other games that let you do anything like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like the fact that like that game has a setting where you can have a controller and a and a and a mouse and keyboard like all set up at the same time and like map everything individually is pretty fucking cool. Yeah. That's interesting. I, I feel like you have we- not enough access to buttons, although I guess if you have, like, one of those mice with, like, 12 buttons on the side. Yeah, I mean, like, for Halo or something like that, that that would be the one thing, is at least having a button on the side of your mouse for jumping. But otherwise, you would have the analog stick plus the, the trigger and bumper on the left. So that, you know, t- um, that could be, like, your melee and grenade or something like that. You have your your left and right clicks, which would both be like shooting, and then something else. You'd have your your mouse wheel, which is the, like the click in on the mouse wheel is usually something. So like I I think you'd probably hit most of the most of the buttons on the controller. It like you said, if you have one of the uh, one of the mice that has like the extra buttons along the side. But I don't think you need that many. I mean, how I'm trying to think. I, he, you're probably not missing really any, even if you don't have all those extra buttons, because. If they're using the control stick, um, and people are ridiculous the way they hold controllers, uh, you could use a control stick with your thumb, you can use your index finger for the D-pad, and you could use your middle finger for the top buttons. That covers pretty much everything else if the D-pad didn't do anything in the main game. And so you would just move the face buttons over to the D-pad, and you would move the trigger buttons to your mouse. Rich, I like this is a a legitimate question for you. Hmm. Why would you need to use a different finger for the D pad? Because you need to keep moving with the thumb. That's How why you do, would do here, this. Here's a here's a better question. How are you going to wrap your index finger over your thumb to get to the D pad <laughs> on the Xbox controller? No, Richie can do that from all of his days of Monster Hunter. He's explained no, the weird ways wait. he's had to grip controllers for that. Wait, the Xbox controller, the D pad, the, the the control sticks up top. Yeah, dog. Oh, well, then you just do the other way. You use your thumb for the D-pad and use your finger for the control stick. That seems awful. But, like... Uh, agreed. I, I'm, like... But think about it this way. Like, if you were playing with just controller, like, nobody, like, 
like moves their whole hand down to keep the analog stick moved while they hit like one of the D-pad buttons. You're just moving your hand down and tapping the whatever D-pad direction. If cause generally D-pad's going to like use an item or change your weapon or something like that to like the quick slots. I I just sent you guys a picture of what I was talking about. People play games like that. Like, oh, I know. People, the the claw grip for Halo especially has long been a thing. Yeah, like I did the claw grip for uh, not all, not all the time, but like it really helped in Monster Hunter when it was on the the 3DS. Like because the camera was connected to the D pad and the movement was the stick, you would have to use your index finger to move. Right? Yeah, that's how the 3DS the stick was at the bottom, but like it was just. It works. People play like that. And so I forgot that the Xbox controller, the stick was up top and not below. Yeah, that wouldn't be like holding it like that for the Xbox controller in particular would be a bad time because I feel like your index finger does not give you the same finesse as your thumb does for the control stick. Like I still I would never hold a PlayStation controller like that for any game. But like at least at that point, like you're generally just tapping the D-pad button. So it doesn't make that big of a deal. Whereas your thumb is doing the like minute stuff yeah i don't know i because now i'm holding because i have my day one xbox one controller at my desk and i'm just trying to see how that would how to make that comfortable because like i don't understand why you would i don't know it's i don't know i'm holding an xbox controller in my mouse right now and like i could definitely play a game like this i i mean yeah i could but i don't know why not just then use the controller well, so it's specifically for a first-person shooter where people like the mouse um, control for shooting and aiming. But frankly, like, WASD is not a better way to move. No, it's not. W-A-S-D in fact, like, it's, it's, it's theoretically a worse way to move because you have fewer directions you can move in. You know what we need? We just need joysticks again. Like, why the fuck are I, d- there... They like, still make them. Like, I, I just buy a fucking joystick. I mean, you can buy, like, like dual joystick, like, flight sim stuff that you could definitely use for other games. I mean, as long as both joysticks have uh, six buttons on them, you're fine. And you've got four four fingers and a... You have five fingers, but you have four fingers and a thumb on each hand. So, like, you associate each th- each finger with a button or two. Yeah, like, just just get two joysticks. Don't, don't be stupid. <laughs> that sounds even worse. I mean, it's, it sounds expensive, if nothing else. But look, I'm, it's not like I'm ever going to play Halo on a PC, but like, if I were to ever play it on PC, I would definitely try it like that just to see what it was like. You should be able to do it on the Xbox, too. Yeah, but I don't have a, um, I don't have a wireless keyboard. You don't and need the keyboard. I don't have a wireless mouse, either. All right, well, buy a wireless mouse. Why the fuck would I do that? Why not? Just what do I need a wireless mouse for? Just get Why a not? USB extender and just extend it all the way across your living room. <laughs> I mean, that would at least be cheaper than a wireless mouse. Uh, I mean, yeah, but... Office yeah, I have, Depot, no, I have no use for a wireless mouse. Office Depot has a, a, a throttle and stick simulation joystick set up for $127. Wait, let's roll back for a second. Office Depot still, like, they're still around? That's That's what, according to Google, I'm looking up PC joystick. So what I wrote, I made sure to write PC joystick because I'm not just writing joystick. Uh, but let's, well, let's let's. How did you spell joystick? J O Y. No, like the, the, yeah, it's not how you spell joystick. It's, it's I mean, it's it's a fine way to spell it. You gotta spell it with a Q though, like all the fancy things do. No, no, let's just move on. <laughs> this this conversation is making me mad. All right, what what else is on the agenda, Richard? 
Uh, on the agenda, we're going to talk, uh, Cobb, you watched a little bit more Gundam. I made it through season one of Demon Slayer. Uh, apparently there's going to be some form of PS5 SSD expansion. Uh, Druton, you played The Ascent. I played more Monster Hunter stories. I also did play Returnal and not just buy it. Okay. Uh, Cobb, you played some more of, uh, The Great Ace Attorney Chronicles. And then we're going to talk about our book club of The Message in Life After. Th- th- these are all truths. Uh, so yeah, the, for for Gundam, th- this is real quick. I'm a little more than halfway through Turner Gundam. That's a really good show, mm-hmm. but it's definitely not a Gundam show. Like it's it's so weird and unactiony, but like really really good. And yeah. it's got like it's got good memorable characters. Like I can actually remember things about specific episodes because it's so well done. Mm-hmm. Whereas yeah. like Gundam Double O that I just watched, like I can remember some of the goofy names. Um, like Lock on Stratus, <laughs> and and the dude who whose last name was Shmirnov, Sergey Shmirnov. Yeah. That's what Sergey fucking Shmirnov. That was his name. But like, I don't remember any specific episodes because that show, while it was fun to watch, it was super disjointed. Yeah. Um, this one is very like it's easy to follow. There, there's just not much action in it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, there's like multiple episodes in a row where like nothing really happens. Like as far as like big robots fighting. But, like, instead you'll get an episode where Laron will use the, the Turner Gundam to, like, do laundry, which is just hilarious. So, um, in one of the more recent episodes, um, the, one of the main female characters, who is actually the Queen of the Moon, who has parent-swapped with one of the other characters who, who looks identical to her, that is an Earthborn person, um, gets tricked into working for a field hospital. And because she has no medical experience, she basically does laundry and, like, busy work. So they give her a giant wagon full of dirty sheets to wash. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's doing them like one at a time in the river because this is still very like turn of the century, even though they have giant robots and shit. Um, and Laron sees it and he's just like not okay with the queen doing that. So like he goes over and uses the Gundam to like scoop out like a big section of dirt next to the river so that like the water will like flow like into that. Um, and then he takes the wagon, dumps the whole thing into the the little like tidal pool he just made which also included some soap and then he puts the gundam's arm in there and just starts spinning it in one direction and then starts spinning it in the other other direction super fast that's stupid and then like when when, remember when people had a fit because they baked cakes and bleach and now you're (laughs) talking about the awesomeness of doing laundry and gundam but yeah, and so he, he finishes doing that part of it, and then he literally, like, uses the Gundam and, like, ties, like, clothesline strings to it and makes it a clothesline hanging thing. That's honestly exactly what I had expected. And this is, like, the fourth time that they have used the Gundam to hang clothing. Or to be a bridge. In one episode, a bridge was broken. So you remember in Power Rangers, the movie, when the train goes out, so Tommy flies the Falcon Zord in and, like levels it against the the train so that the stuff can go over it. Yeah. So they basically do that, but with the Gundam. Like, he just kind of, like, puts the Gundam, like, with its arms, like, in a T-pose and, like, lowers the head down. And then they put some um, pieces of wood across his back to flatten it, and then they they drive all their things across him. Okay. (laughs) Like, it's so stupid, but so good. It works. It makes sense. Kind of. Maybe. Sort of. Yeah, it's it's just, this show has so much kind of mystery going on. And then just so little normal, like, fighting and stuff that you see in a lot of the other Gundam shows. Because mm-hmm. even though, like, th- those shows are always about, like, war is bad, 
but this one is in like such a different direction where like I don't I don't know that I'm pretty sure Loron hasn't killed anybody yet. Like he's barely actually even attacked other mobile suits. He'll generally like pull out the beam saver and like cut an arm off and they'll be like, "Oh shit, you can do that" and run away. Yeah. But yeah, it's just it's really odd how just different this show is in in like a lot of really good ways. That's that's but, good. Yeah. It's, it's, it 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 makes it more of an interesting kind of mech series. Especially after, like, I enjoyed Double O, but after going from that, where it was very convoluted, and there were just so many moving parts, and nothing especially memorable, to, like, go back to this that was really only eight or nine years prior, yeah. and have it be just such a different take on it. And, like, I've seen, I've seen a decent chunk of Gundams between, like, the original and the mid-2000s. Mm-hmm. And, like, most of them, like, they're not, like, they're not, like, Dragon Ball or Naruto levels of action-y, but, like, you know, usually every other episode, there's some sort of conflict that happens, if not more. And this one's just like, oh, no, we're just, we're gonna have a fucking party on on this episode. Like, why not? We're gonna help an old lady, like, harvest some fields for most of it. <laughs> Though, the, the last episode I watched did involve a nuke going off, and the moon people knew what that meant, but, like, the earth people had no fucking idea. Mm-hmm. So, like, all the Earth soldiers are, like, in their, like, mobile suits that they dug up from underground, and they're just like, what? It's it's a bomb. We'll be okay. We're in these big metal suits. And Laurent's just like, no, this is a nuke. It's going to murder all of us. We have to run. Okay. And he's, like, the Gundam is just, like, slightly bigger than some of the mobile suits, and he's just, like, gra- he just grabs one and just runs with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's weird. That's, I mean, honestly, that's another thing that's kind of weird. So, the Moon Race, they came down with their own mobile suits that, like, they have made. And they're all fucking cool looking but like also weird and not what you'd expect from mobile suits the earth people have literally just been finding theirs buried under mountains like they just kind of like after they found the gundam they just kind of keep digging into different mountain mountains and finding different types of mobile suits buried under there <laughs> and like they're all still in working order like they haven't rusted or broken or anything and the the only thing that they they have given to why that is is Things have nanotechnology on their outsides that protect them from decaying and will repair them when they're damaged. But only the outsides, not the insides. Like if something mechanical breaks, it's it's broken. But like if it gets dented or like if something gets like chipped off, like the nanobots will fix it. Okay. It's weird. Um but other than that, I also because I've been watching too much Gundam, I actually I, I bought Gundam models and put them together. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. What what level? What level Gundam model are you? Level oh, they three? Were ju- well, so first off, it's high grade, real grade, master grade, and perfect grade. No, it's level one through six like it was in the early 2000s in those commercials, okay? Not anymore. No, it's well, gotten wild. I, w- I was actually, earlier today, I actually looked at like the, the Wikipedia for it, and I didn't realize how wild it had gotten. Because um, I actually, in my closet, I had a box of models, like like they were all broken and shit, from like 2000. Um, but in that box, there was also an unopened um, Death Scythe Hell from Endless Waltz, the yeah. Gundam Wing movie. Yeah. That, like, lit- legitimately, like, still in the box, still shrink-wrapped and everything. Um, that it also says it's a high-grade, which are what the two I bought was. But from what I read, like, high-grade 20 years ago, very different than high-grade now. Mm-hmm. So, like, high-grade are the 1-144th scale, so they're, like, the smaller ones are, like, more action figure-sized. Yeah, okay. And then... Master grade and perfect grade are, I believe, the bigger ones. And then real grade are also this size, but 
super realistic, like may may have metal parts and stuff like that. I might be getting some of those confused, but it's basically like one of like the grades are basically the size of them and how detailed they are and how many like movable parts are basically on them. But like even these, like the two that I bought were both under twenty dollars, and like they're the small ones. Like I got the the RX seventy eight, which is the original Gundam, and Wing Zero from Gundam Wing, and like they're incredibly detailed. Like I remember, like the like back in the day, like you 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 would have like a whole sheet of stickers that you'd have to try and put on these little fucking things, and it was awful. Yeah, like both of these had like the the RX seventy eight only had one sticker, and it was for the eyes. Um, Wing Zero had more, but like. Not so many that it was obnoxious, and a lot of them were tiny that I was just able to use tweezers to kind of, like, push onto the place they went. Yeah. Um. But, like, they're all... Everything moves on them. Like, their, their hips kind of move back and forth, their heads, their arms move in multiple positions, their legs move in multiple positions. Like, they're very articulate and detailed. Mm-hmm. Um, in a way, like, I didn't expect, like, $20 thing to be. Yeah, I mean, I haven't nice. really looked into them, but that's pretty sweet. Yeah, and, like, they come with a bunch of extra parts so you can, you know, like, change out, like, what weapons they have or, like, what hands they have, like, whether it's an open or closed fist. Um, The Wing Zero turns into, like, the bird plane thing. So it came with, like, different parts if you were going to have it be that instead of the actual mobile suit form. Mm-hmm. It's cool, though. That's but, sweet. Yeah. Keeping with the anime, though, how's uh how was Demon Slayer's first season for you, Rich? It was fine. I honestly, like... I saw a lot of people out there saying, like, it's amazing, it's the greatest thing. I'm like, I, I think it's fine. It's it's a good anime. It's not, like, the best anime I've ever watched. It is by by far the best anime I've ever watched. Um, but, like, it's just, it's good. Uh, I hate, like, I, I, what's his name? Friggin' blonde-haired dude. Like... Yeah, it, no, he, he is not great. Even when it, he has, like, his cool moments, he's not great. Yeah. I could do without him, 100%. If he weren't in the show, probably would have enjoyed it more. But I have a headache every time he fucking talks. Because he doesn't talk. He yells. Non-fucking-stop. Were you watching this dubbed or subbed? I was watching it subbed. Or no, dubbed. I was watching it dubbed. Like I don't remember him yelling that much. He yells all the time. Like, the guy that wears the pig head yells all the time. Yeah, but he's actually cool, and his yell isn't annoying. Whereas, uh, what's his name? I can't even remember his I name. I don't know his name either. Like, like he, he, Ionosuke, I think, or something like that. No, In- Inosuke is the guy that wears the pig hat yeah, and has the two pig, swords. Uh, like, I can't, uh, Zet, I can't remember. Probably, it's something with a Z then, I think. But like, Actually, I think you're right. I don't know what it actually is, though. But, like, he just, he's just, he's so annoying. And everything, like, the first two episodes you see him in, he's just yelling. Like, oh my god, I'm so scared, wah, wah, yelling the entire time, and then he does something cool. And then he just fucking yells the rest of the time again. And it's it's the same with, like, the um part of the, the, the Forest Dark. Like, he wasn't really in the Forest Dark much. Thankfully. Like, thankfully. Like, he had a cool part, part in it, and he wasn't as annoying. But then, in the post-Forest Arc, and the, uh, the recovery arc, again, he's just loud and annoying. Like... Inosuke's loud, but he's cool loud. He's just, like, fucking... If, if it weren't for him, I probably would have enjoyed it more. Like, See, I mean, it, he did not He did not affect my enjoyment of it at all. I just... I didn't care for him. It, he makes me not want to watch. He literally... Like, any time he was on screen, I was just like, I want to just fast-forward this. Like, hey, with... with I, if, he, if you're gonna keep being this annoying, I don't want to hear it. 
I wonder if he would have liked it better subbed. I wonder if if it's just better done in Japanese. Uh, maybe it could have just been the voicing. Uh, like I, I, mean, I that that can do it sometimes. Like just yeah. the way somebody decides to portray the character is just not. But like he was also animated in that over the top. Like I feel like I wouldn't wouldn't have. He's he's very much Minate from My Hero. Like he's just he's he's kind of annoying and pervy at the same time. And I just I don't like him. And like he's supposed to be this badass, but I don't like him. Some but of them he's not a badass at all. But he kind of is. Only uh, when he, he blacks the fuck out. Yeah, and that's like, the thing. Like, that's not badass. That's just a weird character quirk. Like, yeah. he, badass like, would be, like, um, all of the Hashira are badass. Because oh, they're, yeah, ju- yeah. they're mostly they, unassuming, and then shit goes down, and they just destroy everybody. Like, and this doesn't say much, because all of the main characters weren't introduced to, like, the last four or five episodes of the series. Yeah, it's they, very weird. <laughs> they introduced... Better and more compelling characters in the last five episodes of the, of the anime of the the season first season than they did throughout the rest of the season. Like there were some cool characters, but like it, I, I, I don't, they just they they held up. Like I I wanted to I want to learn more about like the bug girls. Yeah, I and think their backstories, par- I... and it's just for me. Like I I I see all these people talking great about it, and I'm like I'll give it a shot, and I I watch. It, I'm like this is good. This is fine. Like, there's better and an- honestly, My Hero is a much better anime. Oh, than, it, it than, is than Demon Slayer. But I think so. Demon Slayer does a lot of things that you just don't like. Deku tends to always be the one. Like, he always pulls through. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like when there's a fight or something like that, like he somehow wins or just comes out. Like, even if it's just a moral victory, he comes out with the moral victory. Yeah. Um, but, like, even that, like, he still at least has to struggle a little bit. They're not just, like, giving him, like, power upgrades for the sake of power upgrades. Mm-hmm. Like they do in, like, Dragon Ball or Bleach. Um, but, like, Tanjiro is... He he gets skilled, but, like, he starts out pretty much useless. And even in, like, some of the early encounters, like, other than having, like, a strong sense of smell, he's not very good. And they at least, like, keep that going through it. Like, by the time when when that forest arc happens, like, if it wasn't for Nezuko they would have both died because like when that, the spider thing had them both trapped. Yeah. But like, I honestly, I, I disagree with that. Like after he get he, he, he kills something that 15 others of his co-trainees couldn't kill in the trials. Like it took him, yeah, two years to train up in order to go to the trials. But the first demon he fights there first or second demon he fights there is like an S-class demon, like the, one of the strongest kinds of demons there could be for somebody of his caliber, and kills it in two hits. But even he thought that was a fluke. Like, it's not like he did that out of skill or anything like that. It was really just like he kind of pushed himself in a way. But, rare, like, he doesn't have, like, he, he doesn't end up doing that throughout the whole thing. Like, he struggles with every fight and, frankly, has to get saved in a bunch of them, including in the movie. Like, he does not get to fight the big bad in the movie because he's not good enough. Well, yeah, but like, I don't like, I like, I don't know. Compa- compare it to uh, uh, Naruto, though. Then, like Naruto, the Sasuke in a barrel arc, they all somehow managed to comp- to win when they weren't good enough to win, and all had to be saved the same way as um, Tanjiro was saved. Like, yeah, but they also they, gave them all, like, weird little, like, like, Choji won on his own by, like, a fluke. 
Um, well, no, Choji didn't win on his own by a fluke. He ate something that was supposed to kill him. He should have been dead. Right. That's how he got through it. Yeah. But also, like, they were children. They were 11 years old. Like, Tanjiro is supposed to be, like, 17. And, ha- and like, trained in the woods, at, like, with, like, deadly traps for two years. Naruto, they've trained to be ninjas their entire fucking lives. Dude, we have seen that training. After the war, like, they did not train all that hard. They just had to learn how to make clones. That's why, that's why Genin missions are just, hey, go get this dog back for me. Yeah, but I'm just, like, to me, like, what you're saying, like, I get what you're saying, but I just, I don't fully agree with it. Like, I don't think, like, his struggles are that big of a deal because we've seen it in other mediums and other anime and like that's not to take away from his struggles and the fact that he's not maybe not the most powerful but like there he's he has been the leading force and the the front force of stopping everything that they've stopped so far yeah but nothing that they've stopped like they basically show you like the power gaps and things like he is good and and as thing goes like they show him get actual skill like he has actual progression in his skill versus just Things are going bad, and he gets a random power up the way a lot of shonens do. He killed a lower, a former lower six. It, the 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 drum guy is a former lower six. Yeah, but I mean, look at look at like Bleach, like the the Espada that weren't Espada anymore weren't necessarily as strong. Yeah, they weren't. Like as he was strong. a former for a reason. I'm not saying he's not powerful. I'm just saying compared to other characters, like he is not the one. Like he's not like the Naruto or the Ichigo, where like every time there's a big bad. They're throwing a power-up at him to make him strong enough to beat them. They're bringing other people in when he can't beat them and letting the more powerful character beat them. But they literally did that with the fight in the forest arc. He learned how to control fire. And if it wasn't for the monster or for the demon cutting his own head off, Tanjiro would have won. Yeah, but that's the thing. He and then, didn't, and then, and then he was completely tapped out after that. And then you look and at And the demon Naruto. wasn't. Like, you look at Naruto where, like... He almost took out Sasuke, like, him and Sasuke were head-to-head, and Naruto, it took all everything out of Naruto just to be able to scratch his headband, and he had to be saved by Kakashi. Like, it's, to me, like, I- I'm, tr- I'm, like, they they gave him, they're, they're making him stronger, they're giving him those extra powers, I don't see it as, like, he's not been the strongest the whole time, like, no one ever is. Ichigo got stronger throughout the series, throughout the... 350 episodes he wasn't the most powerful every time he had to train and there were times he trained yes they did a hyperbolic time chamber to get him trained up enough to be able to beat aizen but they he still had to train for quite a while in order to be able to do that and he still wasn't strong enough to beat aizen he beat aizen because of a a spell that was put on him from uh clog and shoot or from uh clogs and hat what's his name uahara uahara yeah yeah, but it's still, like, most shonen do that thing where a hero will just, they will have a way to learn something to be more powerful. And other than that forest fight, that is not what they do with him on any of the other fights. Like, he he struggles, and he learns, and then yeah. he overcomes it. Which is, that's just not a common thing in shonen. Like, yes, like, they they... They try to make you think that there's a struggle, but in reality, it's just like, oh, yeah, no, you just have to do this thing and then power up. And, like, you're going to be way more powerful after this because you're just going to go into this time, like you said, like, like time chamber-esque thing. But, look, I understand your complaints, especially about the, the kid with the orange hair. Like, I don't like him either. But I also think this show, this show suffers from it being seasonal. Like, 
the manga's already over. I don't know why they don't just do it like they do every other, mm-hmm. like, shonen. Because um, it's one thing, like, like Black Clover was it's still running, and they, they ended the anime because it caught up, and it just didn't make sense to, like, keep making episodes that were just going to be filler for years. Yeah. Um, But, like, this show, like, Demon Slayer's manga ended, like, a few months after, I think, the season finished. So, like, there was plenty of room for them to just make the show yeah and instead it's like no we're, go- we're just gonna do seasons and then covid happened and it's like okay well this season got delayed by an extra year mm-hmm. whoops yeah but like i feel like if if you could have just gone from like the first because think about it like the first like 30 episodes of most long shows like they have their good moments but like the story doesn't really pick up yet like the the actual story usually doesn't get started till between like episodes 20 and 30 mm-hmm. it's usually like 20 episodes of like Introducing the characters and what they can do and how they can do it and But that's that's the problem with this show is it was twenty episodes of the main cast and then six episodes, five, six episodes of the better characters that they didn't introduce in the first twenty episodes. But like the most of those characters are like the captains in Bleach. Like they're not always going to be around. Yeah. But like one of uh, based on what was said at the end of the first season, the the, the fire Hashira is going to be in Mugen Train, I'm assuming. Like, yeah, he he is in Mugen Train, but he he is not traveling with them after Mugen Train. Yeah, it it just happens to be that they were both assigned to go to this train because of the thing that's happening. Like, I'm I'm not I'm not gonna not watch the next season. I thought it was enjoyable enough. I just it I feel like this this show was hurt by the hype. And there, I, honestly, that could be because it, it definitely did get a lot of hype. Like, there were a lot of people I've seen who aren't anime watchers who watched this show and said it was great. Like, people I never would expect to have ever watched an anime in their life, not nerdy at all or anything, watched Demon Slayer and said it was an amazing show. And I so, mean, it like, does have really cool visuals also. It does. It is very good visually. But, like, it, like the art style is cool. It doesn't have the super thick lines, which is nice, but sometimes it does, and it alters back and forth. Like, it does some good stuff. But overall, I'm just like... I'm not saying it's middle of the line. It is It is an enjoyable, good anime. It's just, it, it didn't live up to the hype from what I've seen. And that's... Is Chase okay? Oh, yeah, he's dreaming. Oh, okay. <laughs> I couldn't tell if that was like a, he he was trying to get your attention or what? Yeah, yeah, no, he's dreaming. Sometimes he goes blue <laughs> when he's dreaming, so... <laughs> Sorry, Ben makes weird noises while when he's asleep, too. Mm-hmm. He, he, um, uh, Chase, Chase one time awooed himself awake and then was scared. Because nice. he was like, he was like, what was that? <laughs> oh, dogs. Um, yeah. I, I will say though, like, I think they did a, I think Demon Train does a better job of telling a story. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's a little long in the middle. Like that, like I, I mentioned it when I watched it, like they could definitely cut out some of the middle of that movie and have it be just a little more streamlined and structured. But I think like the story they tell in Mugen Train is, is a little bit better than any of the arcs of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you, you do get to see the fire Hashira and he, he's pretty cool. Yeah. Rengoku, I think his name is. I can't remember. He, he's weird. He's one of those characters where I definitely expected him to be one way and he was a totally different way, mm-hmm. but like in the best way. Yeah. Um, anyway, anything else you want to say about Demon Slayer? No, it's, I mean, it's, it's worth a watch, but just don't expect groundbreaking in my opinion. Yeah. I didn't realize it was on Netflix, so that's cool. Yeah, it's. I think it's been on there for quite a while. So I know it was. Most platforms weren't able to have the dub of it for a while because um, 
Toonami had the rights to it or um, Cartoon Network had the rights to it. So it was one of those like it had to air on Cartoon Network first before the yeah. dub could be available, which is super annoying. Uh, but have you guys seen anything that's come out about the, the PlayStation 5 hard drive expansions? Drew, you probably heard it on the Bombcast today. Yeah, that's all I heard, and I wasn't listening intently when they started talking about it. So it's simultaneously cool and fucking stupid. So the the PS5, if you want to expand your hard drive, it, it'll just take an M2 drive. Right. Sony has released that you can buy an M2. Um, they are not making their own, and they are not giving an endorsed list of drives to use. Mm-hmm. They're kind of like, here's the specifications for drives that you should look for. But that's it. Like, they're not saying like, oh, go get a Seagate drive or whatever. Um, they, they've also come out and said that the drives must have, um, heat sinks on them. So like, generally like it, so a heat sink on an M2 drive is like two pieces of, of a thermal padding and then like the metal heat sink around it to help dissipate the heat into the PlayStation where the PlayStation can then dissipate it properly. Yeah. Okay. Um, and because of the size of the slot and everything, it has to be a very specific size, like down to like the millimeter or it won't fit. So you have to like find these drives with heat sinks or buy the heat sinks separately that will be the exact size you need to fit into the little slot on the PlayStation 5. But then on top of that, they are not um, guaranteeing performance on any drives. So even if you get a drive that is faster than the internal storage, they are not promising that games will behave the same way. So like your loading times may decrease or may increase, stuff like that. Things that they had said... um, they were waiting to allow the external hard drives until they could confirm that stuff would be the same. And the same reason why they don't let you play PS5 games off of um, USB drives. So now mm-hmm. it's just like, eh, we're just not going to promise anything. Like, Well, I, I don't necessarily 100% agree with that because to even be able to do this, you have to be in their beta firmware. That's the thing. Like, This is all beta stuff for being able to even use the expanded hard drive right now. Yeah, but it's it's going to go wide in the next couple of months. Sure, but maybe at that point they've figured out if these things actually are happening, but they're just putting in mega disclaimer language right now while they don't have things completely sorted on the firmware side saying, hey, your game might load slower or whatever. I, just, I think it's just crazy that they they didn't just, like before even like releasing the beta firmware, just go... Hey, here are three drives that we have tested and performed well with PlayStation first party games. Like we can't we don't know if Call of Duty plays well on this, but fucking Ratchet and Clank is gonna play like fucking gold. Um instead they're just like, yeah, just try stuff out. Spend 150 bucks and hope for the best. Yeah, I mean that that kinda sucks because like I I'm constantly deleting stuff off my hard drive. Uh I was supposed I wanted to start streaming yesterday at five, but apparently um my hard drive was full, and I couldn't install Returnal while it wasn't turned on, so I had to go remove a bunch of stuff, a bunch of games, install Returnal, and it took me another hour before I could start playing. Ooh, that sucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, at least on the on the plus side for this, it's not. And Sony's done this in the past. It's not proprietary memory. It's not like your Vita, where you had to get the very special expensive memory cards to be able to do anything. Mm-hmm. Which is also what Ed- Xbox is doing. Like I think. Our- are the Xbox drives 250 or 200? I forget. I think they're 200. 200 sounds right, but I'll double check. Yeah, so like the, the Xbox expansions, they're a terabyte for $200. That is all it will ever be good for. Like it fits into the back of your Xbox. That's it. Mm-hmm. Um, 220. 220. That's such a weird fucking number. On, 
uh, Amazon, right? That sounds right, though, now that you said it. Like, I kind of remember it being a weird price. Um, at least with this, like, you could theoretically buy a 4 terabyte M2 drive. And as long as it meets all the specs and you can get, like, a proper heatsink and all for it, you can just load that fucker right into your PS5 and probably have everything go well. Um, and then if it, if, you know, in five years you don't use it on your PS5 anymore, like, you can slap it into a, play, a PC. Yeah. Like, it's still just a regular-ass hard drive, so there's nothing stopping you from making it a four terabyte like pc drive Mm -hmm. though that would be an insane amount of money like i've seen some of the drives people are recommending are like close to a thousand dollars because they're like high capacity high speed like just crazy hard drives that human beings don't really need Mm -hmm. but at the same time it's like if you have a thousand dollars you want to put it into your playstation like go for it (laughs) yeah and enjoy all that space for call of duty war zones (laughs) <laughs> I mean, that's all you're still going to fit, no matter what size hard drive. Yeah, I. by the time you install all of Warzones on a, a base PS5, like, you've only got, like, 200 gigs left. Mm-hmm. That's insane. Yeah, it's freaking... I've thought about, like, installing Warzones on my PC, and I'm like, nah, just nah. That's going to take because that's free space. to play, isn't it? I think mm-hmm. so. Yep. I forgot Warzones was free to play. That it is. But at this point, you don't want to because it's Activision. Yeah, no, I don't want to. Uh, I mean, I wasn't really going to at all in, already, but like, I was still like, hmm, I kind of want to get into some form of, uh, 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 what's the word? Battle um, Royale. Battle Royale. But I don't want to, like, I wouldn't mind trying a single-player Battle Royale, and Warzones is really the only one that really got my got my interest. Oh, when you say single player, you mean you mean not Apex? I assume. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I want to, I want to be no, just no, no. I don't like shooting somebody in a six foot tower. Please, you know this. No, but you you can then climb the tower. You love climbing towers. No, I, I already said that a couple <laughs> weeks ago. That like that's the thing I hate the most in video games nowadays is tower climbing. No, no, you actually told us the other day that you wanted to invest in Ubisoft to have them put more tower climbing into games. I mean. Maybe a little bit. Like, I want them to make a tower climbing game where it's just an endless tower. Uh, because, like, maybe that'll get them to stop putting tower climbing in games. No, but then you have to go into the tower and then climb a ladder to get onto a ledge to then unlock the map of that level of the tower. <laughs> so that you can then jump down, go back out, and start climbing the rest of the tower. Exactly. Like, it's, a, it's an exterior tower climber that, like, you need to solve puzzles and climb the outside of it in the right way. In order to get to the next part to unlock the next tier. And it just slowly gets smaller and smaller and smaller. And by the time you get to the end and you complete the final tower climb, you're at the first level again. And it's just a ring. (gasps) (laughs) But how would that work? Now I'm trying to I'm trying to think about this in my head. Like if you were climbing. So it could have to be spinning the whole time, right? Like it would just have to be on a slow spin so that you never touched the ground while you were climbing it. Well, it it would just be like you 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 as a player would only see like around your character and like so let's say it'll be a third person style game like you can look down and it's just an, a a never ending abyss of down and you can look up and it's a never ending abyss of up and as you climb more and more and more the story unfolds of like you're on this ancient mysterious alien device thing that you're climbing and you got to get to the top to stop it from activating and then you have to put in the codes 4 8 15 16 23 42 and then it starts all over again so you basically want a lost game 
Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you got that got that reference right there. Yeah, it it, it kind of hurts me that you remember those numbers so well. I watch How I Met Your Mother at least once a year, or at least once every six months. There what does is, that have to do with Lost? There is a, a, a Lost reference in one of the episodes. Hurley's in it. He plays, um, uh, what is the character's name? I can't remember the character's name, but he has a nickname, and anytime he leaves a room, he, like, good things happen, and so he always misses out on the good stuff. And, I remember that episode. And one point, they were, uh, they are like, they bet Marshall to text a random number his drunk. And they're like, he jumps in and is like, 4, 8, 15, 16, 23, 42. And he types it and sends it. And so, but I was also just obsessed with loss. Uh, at one point, I thought about getting those numbers tattooed on me because I'm an idiot. Uh, but I was obsessed with loss. Dude, you should get him a tattooed across your chest. No. <laughs> in no. like, in like real like calligraphy font too. I would get them tattooed or, across or my Or Comic Sans. It would be across my no, I mean, that's just taking it too far, but, like, think about it. Those numbers, Comic Sans, across your chest. Maybe. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. What else do you have to do with your chest? Um, not have numbers on. Well, you're just boring. Right. Uh, speaking of climbing towers, uh, Druton, you played The Ascent? Yeah, that is a big old tower you're climbing. Well, wow, did only- you actually <laughs> know what The Ascent was? Or were you just going off the name? Uh, 50-50. Nice. Yeah, there, there definitely is a giant tower run by an evil corporation that you're like an indentured servant of i don't know the story was a little lost on me at the beginning and i've i've only played a couple hours like probably two or three but it's interesting it's a like dual stick shooter little bit of diablo feel like there's some a light amount of loot the stuff isn't that different so far you know like i found like an Uzi and an assault rifle and a grenade launcher, but not like a purple grenade launcher versus a white one or whatever, you know? But you can upgrade the guns a little bit. So are you playing by yourself or with somebody? No, I've just been playing by myself. Uh, bought it on... Is it only, no, well, it's all, I know it's at least on Xbox, but I bought it on PC, bought it on Steam. And I don't know, it's interesting so far. I haven't gotten back around to playing it since Friday, though. I'm intrigued. It looks super cool. Yeah, I saw um, Nextlander playing it yesterday or the day before. I watched a little bit of it. It it was actually really... Like, it was not what I expected it, like, visually at all. Like, for some reason in my head, it was some sort of, like, smaller, like, pixely indie game. And uh, I don't know yeah. why I assumed that at all. Because it, it definitely isn't. No. I mean, it, like, it looks pretty, pretty good for... I mean, I don't think it's a very big team that made that game. But it's got a cool cyberpunk, dark, neon look going on. Yeah, the little... The, like I said, the little bit I saw of it was actually pretty cool looking. I don't know that I... For, I've heard mixed things about it, though. Like, it seems like people really like it when they're playing with other people, but playing solo, it just doesn't have the legs for it. Yeah, I, I'm not 100% how I feel on it. Probably why I haven't come back and played anymore since Friday, although... Had a relatively weekend, so that also didn't help me playing games. But yeah, I don't. I, I will play more at some point, but I, I don't have like a major like uh I need to get back into playing it right away kind of feel with it. Okay, so it do- it doesn't like have you gripped too hard. No, it, it, I feel if the like items were a little more interesting, that would kind of be a bit of a draw, but. Like, the story didn't really hook me too much early on. 
but it plays well. Like, especially once you get a second gun that isn't just the, like, revolver that you start with, where you have to keep pulling the trigger. Once you get, like, an automatic gun, it's like, okay, now you're just kind of mowing down shit. That was pretty fun. I'm definitely okay. interested. I-, I would like to play it with other people and see if that makes a difference. There you go, Rich. Yeah. Buy this game. You can play it with Drew on stream. I've I've uh, looked into it. it it's and, and it's only thirty bucks. With, well, it's twenty twenty five on Steam right now. It's on it's on sale. Um, but like I I don't right now. I literally have so much that I'm playing that I don't know if I can manage another game right now. Like Monster Hunter Returnal. Although it's an older game, I want to get back into Fallout. Um, it's just like I want to beat some games before I get back into others and. There's there's a bunch of other games I do want to play. I am interested in that. Uh, I haven't I haven't checked too much about it, but I've heard a little bit about it. Um, but it's just I I don't know right now if I want to get another. Cobb, do you have Game Pass? Not right now. Okay, I couldn't remember if you. I, I like when I have when I don't have anything like that I've purchased that I want to play. Um, I do subscribe to it off and on. Gotcha. Is it crossplay? Like like will um I will don't... Xbox and PC? I don't know. I'm gonna check on that real quick sense play uh let's see boy okay won't get a true okay it has cross play between pc and xbox oh cool oh but only if i'm playing on the xbox the xbox app version or the windows store version not oh that's stupid like i get it like but that's stupid so I was going to say, right. like, because Erica goes away on the 12th. She's going out to North Dakota to see her sister for a few days. So, like, okay. I'm like, so, like, I'd, I'd spend the 15 bucks to for Game Pass for a month and, and try it out. But if it's not cross-play, and I'm sure as shit not going to play it on PC. Mm-hmm. It, it, I mean, it does look like a fun game, but at the moment, it's not on my list. It's not, it's not on my top 10 list of games to get. But maybe if, if it gets a really good sale in the near future... For sure, um, but even like Back for Blood's coming out soon as well, and a handful of other games. That I'm just, it's I'm unfortunately not super down for this game right away. I mean, I doubt it'll get any more of a sale than it's on right now because it literally came out on Friday. I know, I know, but like it's also like, which means I probably won't get it in the summer. But maybe they'll have a decent sale in the fall or winter, or maybe next year when I'm actually when I actually have time to play. It's it's. <laughs> Like it's just not a game I'm looking to get right, but it does look cool. I like the uh, the aesthetic, the the the, the cyberpunk like kind of feel to it. Yeah, that, like that's definitely right now the like thing driving me to want to play it is the look of the. And hey, Rich, I mean it's it's on Game Pass, so you could use that dollar dollar month or dollar three months, whatever they're doing right now, and play I it that way. I wouldn't be able to play it with Jurton because he has it on Steam. Yeah, but if you did it on, oh yeah, because I think it's. It's probably still not crossplay even on PC if you're playing it through the games at the game store. Yeah, that's probably probably how it works. Yeah, because I I wonder if that's the case or not. Actually, that's a weird one. Like, can can Xbox Game Pass on PC play it with Steam? I don't know because I like I don't even know how the multiplayer lobby system works. Like, if there's an invite or what. Because I just went right into the multiplayer because like I wasn't trying to play with randoms. Yeah, though I have heard that there are some uh, ice cream trucks. Yeah, <laughs> um, uh, I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> um, there there have been some issues with like save game mm-hmm. recovery. 
let's call it. Um, I, I've heard it, I've seen a few different things online and on podcasts where people started the game playing with with somebody else, and then you know they were done, and then that person went back to keep playing afterwards, and they couldn't find their save game. And then, like, they started a new save game, and then that game became corrupted, but their old one showed up again. Like, very, very weird stuff going on. But it's, you know, it's a brand new game, and like you said, it's probably a small team. Mm-hmm. So, who knows at that point? But, Rich, did you actually go get ice cream? No, I'm still here. Okay. Okay. You would have heard the door open. That is true. That's fair. I don't know. That ice cream truck was pretty loud that we might not have heard the door open over it. No. Yeah, you are your windows you open? No, they're not. Oh, that's weird. Like, that truck, was, that was louder than he usually is. My sister can put a fork on the counter, and you hear it. It's just this mic. You know that. No, no, I mean, no. that that is true. But, th- I mean, like, the ice cream truck was just loud. La- like, because we hear it, like, every week. But, like, it was, like, significantly louder. Like, they must have had it, like, cranked up in the in the truck or something. It, yeah, was- it sounded like it was in your living room. <laughs> no, no, it, was, it's, it wasn't that close. Yeah, like, that's why I asked if your windows were open. Because it, it sounded like, like you had windows open. Like, it was that loud. Nope. I, I, I wanted to open them today, but I didn't. It's been nice the last few days. Like, you, it, it wouldn't have been uncomfortable to do such a thing. Yeah. But Rich, how uncomfortable has Monster Hunter Stories 2 been? Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. Actually, one of the more exciting fights I've had in an RPG in a while was the end of the, like, the starting area. Like, basically the end of the demo. Um, They have you fight in, fighting an Anjanath, and it's just like, you're, you're already getting, like, sort of, like, overload with all the information you have to take in trying to figure out like strategically what the best abilities and moves to do and stuff but then like it, it throws in more and it may it, like he comes out of nowhere or, or no he didn't come out of nowhere he came out of nowhere earlier in in the game it's just i don't know i thought it was like i i feel like this game is so fun and the combat style is so interesting like it's just there's so much you have to take in to think about to figure out to have like your, excuse me, the highest ranking per fight, or in order to get the best parts, or like the what you have to figure out, like the armor sets you want to use, with the with the with the um with what what weapons you've got, like do you want to try to focus on poisoning or you want to try to focus on other things? Like it is not super monster hunter, but in a super monster hunter way, and it's really good with everything it does. Um, the story is is fine, like it's not anything to write home about it's not like the greatest story ever i'm not even really that far into it. uh i could do with less of the cat um because it's annoying that the cats anytime the cat talks about his previous friend was the main character in monster hunter stories who is red your grandfather but the cat does not make mention that red your grandfather and you are like he doesn't mention or connect that his previous friend was your grandfather and so it's just so weird wait so this game so your character is the grandson of the protagonist from the first game yeah i didn't realize that yeah like the story doesn't really continue from itself it's its own story that's still interesting though but yeah like ratha is like a big is i like i never played the first one but from what i understand like Guardian Ratha was, like, probably one of your guardians that you used in, in the first one. I think the box art had your character have a Ratha look. Um, it, but it's, yeah, it's, it, like, they, they connect it that way, but that's really all. And, like, I just, I have so much fun playing this game. It gives me that, like, nice Pokemon feel of trying trying to find the right monsters to get. And, I, like, it gives you that, like, uh, like, a way to, if you encounter a monster you know that you want, you can throw 
uh, essentially a Pokeball. It's a paintball at the Monstie. And when you kill them, they'll run away instead of being killed. And so then you chase them to their den and gather one of their eggs. So this way it's not always 100% random of what you're going to get. You know you're going to get that Monstie in that monster's den. Um, but it's just, like, I, I can't speak enough about the combat system. Like, it's, first of all, like, you have to understand what the monster's preferred attack type is going to be. Then you have to decide what monster you're going to use, because you're going to want one that uses the opposing attack type. So say you're fighting a speed, you're going to want one that uses technique. So you're going to want to switch your monster to a technique one. Then you're going to want to use the weapon that's strongest against the monster that you're fighting with the attack type to match the one that your monster is using to get the most points, to, like, get the most damage. And, like, there's just so much going on. It can sometimes be a little bit of overload for me. Or, like, oh, I'll forget to check this, or I'll forget to check that. And just, like, the progress process of, like, learning what every monster is weak to is just, it's interesting. So do you get more party members that you have any control over, or does the game keep it where, like, if you have anybody else in the party, they just kind of do their own it's, thing? They do their own thing. It's, like, but they all have, it seems like they have their own preferred attack type. So, and, and you can use, like, duo attacks with their monsties. So if they're running around on a monstie that uses speed, and they use a power attack, but you use a speed, you use a double attack with their monstie, as long as you're attacking the same monster. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you can do a double attack with another human, but at least with their monstie, you can get that partner attack. Um, oh, that's kind of cool. But, it, like, I've only encountered one other person that was in my team, and they're currently in my team with me, and they use bow and arrow. So, like, they're strong against things that are weak to bow and arrows, but weak to everything else. So, or weaker, not weak, but weaker to, like, other things or things that are strong against bow and arrow. So, like, you have to balance that out, and uh, luckily you can change your weapon on the fly. Otherwise, if you're using a bow and arrow against something that's not weak to bow and arrow or is even strong against Bone Arrow, like, the fight's gonna take forever, you're either gonna die or not get enough points, um, and you're, you might not, that fight might not be worth it for you, if you take too long, if the fight takes too long, if you don't get enough points or whatever. It's just, it's, 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 it's fun. I, I, I really enjoy this game. Yeah, I thought it, it, the little bit I played from the demo, it was definitely not what I expected it to be, mm -hmm. and if I ever see it on, like, a, a decent sale, I will probably pick it up, but yeah, it's just it's not something I necessarily want to spend sixty bucks on because I feel like I will kind of fall off of it. But yeah, you know, I, like forty, I'd probably go for. Yeah, I mean, I I I feel like this game is worth sixty. Uh, from what I'm seeing, there is a decent amount of like post game content as well. I don't really know what it's going to be. There's also multiplayer capabilities. Again, I I haven't really jumped into any of that because I'm still like I think I'm 21 hours into the game or something like no. That's right. I'm not 21 hours into the game. It saves the time that you saved. It doesn't save the time that you're at. I'm probably like 10 hours in, 10 to 12 hours in. Um, but it's just like, there's, there's so much to it. I haven't even like, I just got the egg for the, the raise wing Ratha that they talk about in the trailer. And I'm 12 hours in. It hasn't even hatched yet. So like, it's gonna be a while before probably the story like actually opens up. Uh, but like I, I do, I do want to see where this goes, and it's 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 good. It's it's just a like the story doesn't have to be anything amazing. I think the gameplay like holds up, holds it up. Like 
even like all the dens seem to be very procedurally generated. Like there's set set number of like how it's gonna be laid out, but like they're randomly placed throughout the maps. Um, there's a bunch of different kind of dens you can go into to get different monsters and and like it, like I've just barely scratched the surface of this game. Yeah, that I mean that sounds about right. Like it seems like one of those one of those games that's just it, it's got a slow burn to get the story going. Yeah. But like I feel like once you actually hit that point, it's going to it there's going to be a lot. Yeah. And like I have gotten I'm at the point in the story I've been told from a buddy of mine that uh I will be able to enhance my monsties with the monsties I have in my like in my uh pretty much in my Pokédex, the monsties I still own. But like I had to get I had to use they have a, a currency called bottle caps and I had to use bottle caps to buy more slots in my like in my barn in order to hold the monsties I have because I knew it was coming up soon that I was going to be able to merge the monsties and make them stronger but I didn't know when and so now like it's making it more and more useful for me to go egg hunting even this early in the game to get a more powerful or to make my monsties so you're basically going to cannibalize them I, you're just going to make them eat each other essentially yeah that's probably what it's like like Remember how in Pokemon Go you get the candy, you feed them the candies and like the, the Pokemon candies in order to evolve them and strengthen them. That's yeah, but you're, what this is you're not turning the Pokemon into candies. You're sending them to the professor, and the professor is taking care of them. He is giving you candy in return. He's turning them into candy. No, they're at his, no. It's just like Professor Oak. They're all at his like research compound. That's like a giant oasis for Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. You can think that he throws them into a wood chipper and just turns them into little Poke. I feel like a chipper and a machine that would turn them into little candies, not the same machine. You, I mean, he throws them into the wood chipper and it grinds them all up and spits them out into a machine that turns them into, the, that pushes all that pulp and turns it into little candy pellets that your Pokemon... Nope, still don't think that's how that would work at all. That would be a... Yeah, no. Can't get behind that one. Pretty sure that that'll work. If you, if I feel like get, I... If you, if, you, if you get a thing and you... you, you if if you get a bunch of stuff and you ma- you grind it up real small and then you turn it into a little little pellet and just put enough pressure into it, it sticks together. How do you think pills are made? Not like that. S- some actually kind of are. Pretty, no, but pretty like they're not put through a wood chipper. Well, no, well, but fair. like I, I, you know, when I say wood chipper, I just mean a thing that grinds them really, really, really small. Like, come on now. A blender? Fine, we'll use a blender. <laughs> there you go. Would you rather see a Pokemon in a blender? I mean, honestly, yes. I'd re- if if we had to pick one, I'd rather a blender or a food processor over a wood chipper that's going to literally spray everything everywhere. But like, you have the little hose that goes right in. It doesn't go all over. Like it, it has the. the have you ever? You've like. It, have it has you the, ever the seen thing. a wood chipper? That's thing. what I'm wondering right now. Yeah, it has the thing that goes into the 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 truck, and then it it'll throw everything into the truck. Yeah, it has it, like the arm, and like yeah, it's not the most like like things aren't gonna get like explode everywhere. It's just gonna go straight into the truck. And Listen, you're get getting some. In the truck, you but. are getting some Pikachu bits places other than this truck that you. And also, like that's it's that's fine. wood going through the wood chipper that comes out nicely right into the truck, not flesh and bone. Yeah, you're, you should you're... watch. You should watch a video of people putting like fruit into a wood chipper to see what happens when it's something squishy and liquidy. 
Um, it does not work the same way as wood. Look, you're fertilizing the ground, and that's how you grow more Pokemon, right? <laughs> no, we know Pokemon. All fuck. Pokemon come from eggs. But every one of them. Fuck, we know what, this. What came first, the Pokemon or the egg? Who Arceus. Knows? <laughs> yeah, true, true. Arceus came first. Arceus made Mew, and the the time and space Pokemon. I forget their names. Dalgia and Palkia. Yes. Oh, right. There we go. So, Rich, other than Monster Hunter, how is uh, Returnal? Uh, Returnal is super fun. Like, it is, um, it's, the way I explain it, it is a roguelike Metroidvania bullet hell. Which, I, it, I, that's, those are all words I have heard used to describe this game other places. Yeah. And it just, like, it can get so intense. I played from 6 to about 11.30 last night, because at... 10 of 10, I was like, this is my last run, and my last run lasted until 11.30. Um, it's, it's, it's fun. It's got, uh, like, the whole idea of the bullet hell, like, really pulls me in. Like, having to keep track of where enemies are attacking from, and, like, you have the dodge that'll keep, make you invulnerable while you're dodging. Um, and, like, the, the, uh, the adrenaline mechanic, I, I think is, is, is really, a really cool idea where the so more what is that as you kill enemies your adrenaline goes up and once your adrenaline goes from zero to one you uh say you have slightly better sight or uh no that's adrenaline adrenaline one will give the reload uh mechanic more time so it just like in gears of war when you were to reload there was that button to reload faster but also gave you your gun a little bit more power um, in this, if you fire, if your gun overheats, it has a reload mechanic as well. And if you hit it, it reloads faster and, and cools down faster. It might, I don't really know if it's more powerful, but you can get, uh, pickups that make it, like, more useful. So if okay. you, over, if you overcharge, it'll send out bolts to two enemies or something like that. But also, like, at, once you reach level one, uh, um, adrenaline. You have a little shoulder-mounted cannon that fires one orb that homes in, and then level two, you've got two shoulder-mounted cannon, two orbs, three, three orbs all the way to five. And each level, you get like something in an an increase to something like uh better sight, so that you can see where the enemies are behind walls. I don't really know what three, four, and five do, uh, because I tend to get them so rapidly that I don't have the time to read what three, four, and five do. But that's fair. If you get hit, you drop to zero. So you, you're the, the whole point of the game is to be good and not get hit. Or have abilities that make it so if you do get hit, you don't take damage. Because it's taking damage and not getting hit. That so drops do you, you have zero. like a, do you have like a, like a certain amount of health? It's not just like a one hit kill sort of. There, there is a health bar that you can fill. Uh, it is called, um, integrity. They call it integrity. Uh, and I just say this in case uh, you hear me mention integrity or you end up playing it and you need to know what integrity is. And if the health, if your health bar is full and you get three things of three points of resin, which heal your suit, heal your health and integrity, your health goes up. But if your health isn't full and you pick up something that heals you, it heals you. Um, so it is, there is that, there was an exploit when the game first came out where you could go through the whole first area. Without it, without picking up a health pack, go back to the very beginning of the first area and rest in your ship, and it'll heal you. 
you can then go back through everywhere because enemies don't respawn and pick up all of the health that you didn't pick up to increase your health all the way. Or not all the way, but as far as you can. Um, they took that exploit out. You don't heal when you sleep anymore. I remember seeing like something about that like a, a while ago. Yeah. Uh, Eric was mad because that was his main playstyle because he sucks. Um, I honestly hate that. I hate the thought of that. Actually, maybe you were the one that mentioned this then. Maybe I, you were I've, talking about the way yeah. Eric played it. Yeah, because I did play it once before. For like, I played one run for a half hour. Uh, but yesterday I played like I think it was like close to six and a half hours. And like the runs are long. It is not a normal roguelike where like a single run. Like, how do you how long do you think from beginning to boss would uh uh Hades be like to the end boss? Yeah, it's. I'd say my average is like 35 to 40. All right. In that hour and a half, I made it from zone one to midway through zone three, only having fought one boss because you don't have to fight every boss. Uh, once you, when you do- say zone, are zones the same as biomes? Cause I've always well, heard people yeah. refer to it's, biomes. Yeah. Biome. It's not, it's biomes, but, um, I hadn't cleared the second biome, the, 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 the wastelands, the red wastelands. So in order to get to the third biome, uh, from the first biome, you need a grappling hook that you don't get until you beat the boss in the second biome. So I needed to go I, from beginning from your ship all the way to finding the portal to get to the second biome, to fighting through the biome, killing the boss, going through the portal into the third biome, and exploring that for a bit it was an hour and a half. Like, they are not short runs. Yeah, I've but, heard the. I heard a lot of people say when the game first came out that like their average runs were like three hours, and it was kind of a, it was a bit of a complaint for people because there's no save in the game, or th- they might have added one. I know they were working on adding something. Yeah, but there was no save, and the developers were basically like, "Oh yeah, if you have to like leave before your runs over, just put your PlayStation to sleep." Mm-hmm. And like this was when the PS5 had a lot of sleep issues, where like it was crashing hard and having to like rebuild every mm-hmm. time. Yeah. So, like, uh, that was not a good response from the devs? <laughs> yeah, I, trust me, I'm not a fan of it, because, like, I'll occasionally get power surges, and my power will go out, and it'll kick my PlayStation off. So, like, if I'm in the middle of a really good run, and I have to just put it in sleep mode to hope it lasts, like, and then my power goes out, that kind of sucks. But, like, I like the idea that, like, they're lo- like they're kind of longer runs. But now that I've made it through the second area, I don't have to go there again. I You can find a portal from the first biome to the third biome. So I just I, oh, and I, you keep the grapple hook. Yeah, you keep the grappling hook. You like it is one of those, and that's like the Metroidvania style idea of it. Like the first area, you get a couple of things that you keep that you can't progress through the first area without them. And then once you finish the first biome, get to the second biome, defeat the boss in the second biome, you get the grappling hook, which you keep, which now in the first biome helps you unlock certain chests that you might not have been able to find or get to before. Or go right to the third biome if you can find that area to go through. Because in the second biome, to get to the third biome, you essentially have to go all the way through the entire thing. You can't just, like, you can't, it's not like a quick, like, there might be a chance to be able to find the teleporter, but it seems like you won't be able to find the teleporter in the second biome until you reach the the mountains, which is like eight or nine rooms in from the second biome. But, like, there's, there's... Like like a normal roguelike though, there's pluses and minuses to just skipping. Like though you could get you you uh your weapon proficiency 
resets with every cycle. So it goes down to zero, and the higher your weapon proficiency, the more boosters your weapon might get, or the more damage it might do. So it might be better to go through the second biome before you go to the third. Or you could just risk it and just go right into the third biome and see how well you're going to do. Um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's a different take in what I can see in like a roguelike style. And the fact that, um, the, the, the runs do take so long, or at least they take so long for me. No, it's for everybody. Will make the game feel less repetitive and makes me feel more satisfied when I do die. Like, well, that's I, good. like, last night, I was like, I want to die. I want this to end. I want to stop this run. I want to call it a quits. But I couldn't. And I, I as far as I know, I couldn't save mid-run or whatever. And there's no stop. I'm like, I don't want to just put it in sleep mode because I'm probably not going to play this for a couple of days. Like, I want to end this run. So I just want to keep going. Like, I didn't purposely die. I kept going and doing the best I could. But, like, because, like, what if I did get to the final boss in this run? Then that'd be sweet. And, like, then I could keep, like, it, it's that, like, y- you can't just stop. You need to keep going. Which, like, makes at least a certain amount of sense. Mm-hmm. For me, I feel like I would actually probably get more frustrated if a game, if, like, I did something for three hours and then died and had to do all of it over again. But, again, you don't have to do it all over. Like, But, like, even any amount of it. Because, I mean, this is... This is one of the prime reasons why I don't get into roguelikes is I don't like doing the same thing over again. Mm-hmm. So like, and the more of the longer something goes that I have to redo it, it's like, uh, no, I'm like, I, that's why I, I haven't even thought about buying Returnal because it's one of those, it's like after my, my first death, I'm like, that was a lot of game to have to even do any portion of it over. I'm just not going to play this anymore. Um, I can, oh, there's six biomes. I'm only halfway through. Um, but like, I, I can see that, but I feel I don't, like I, I feel like the game rewards you enough. Uh, but like, also, this game is definitely not a game of your style. This is a game where like learning, learning like tells and learning how the monsters play or the enemies fight. That's what kind of game this is, and that's generally not your type of game to begin with. Yeah, I'm excited for when this game goes on PlayStation Plus in a year or two, <laughs> yeah. and I can just like give it a give it a quick shot. Yeah. Look, the the only reason I bought it was because it was on sale, twenty bucks off. Like, if it wasn't on sale, I probably wouldn't have gotten it. Yeah, even fifty, like, f- just because I I know that it's not a game that I would spend any mm. real time with. But like, I've been intrigued by it the whole time. It's just like yeah. I I can't put money down on something that I know I'm not going to play for more than a single run. I mean, I also mm-hmm. had a twenty five dollar gift card to uh, the PlayStation Store as well, so which, I got which helps. $25 I got the game, game. for twenty five bucks, like. I definitely got my got my money's worth even just last night. I had I had a bass blast playing it. Um, I it's a six hour stream that's both on my Twitch and on my YouTube right now. If you guys want to go back and watch it, but it's it's like it's just got a lot of interesting ideas, interesting things that it does that like I really enjoy with the the artifact power ups, the the suit malfunctions, the um. The, the parasites that you can get. Uh, like, there's just... It, it's... it's I I really, really like it. I'm having so much fun. Which is good. At least you, f- you found a roguelike that sort of, mm-hmm. like, works for you. Hey, I liked... Uh, what was that? There was there was that roguelike on, that was free on PlayStation 3 or 4 um, in the castle. Rogue Legacy? Rogue Legacy. I really liked Rogue Legacy. Um, and honestly, I've been thinking of reinstalling it on my PS5 just to play it. 
like I like there there are some roguelikes I like. There's there's just this this one I I was really into when I played that one run and I've always wanted to get back into it. And I was just waiting for it to be on sale because I knew it would be on sale. Same with uh, Resident Evil 8. I'm just waiting for it to be on sale because I know it's going on sale sooner or later. Yeah, no, that's almost definitely the case. <laughs> I'm I'm hoping by October it goes on sale so that I can have a uh, spooky spooky stream month or something like that and play spooky. I don't. Th- October might be too soon, be- just because of how well that game did. Yeah, I know. But did you ever end up doing Resident Evil 3 remake? Yeah, I did that before I played Resident Evil Seven. Okay, I remember you doing two. I couldn't remember if you did three. Yeah, I, I remember did. you. I remember two and and seven. I bought seven and three at the same time, but never got right. into, never played right. seven until after I got the PS Five. That's right. Okay, yeah. I think I actually bought two and three at the same time, and then bought seven because it was on a really good sale or something like that. But I did them kind of back to back or close to back. That I that. That sounds familiar now that you say mm-hmm. that. But yeah, it's may I might do just a full Resident Evil stream for October or something. I, I I'm I've been playing around with spooky streams in October, but we'll see what happens with that. You can very easily play the first what, four of them? Probably five and six too, but you figure one, two and three all have relatively recent either mm-hmm. upgrades or remakes. Yeah. So I, I, cuz they what did they they took the Resident Evil 1 remake from GameCube and like remastered it they, for PS4. They, they basically just ported it, yeah. Yeah, they they gave it like slightly better um resolution and stuff like that. But so you have that one that you can get for PS4 and then two remake, three remake, and then four's just been available on everything. You can play on your fucking phone if you wanted to. Yeah. But honestly, I'm I'm not going to I if I were to do that, if I were to just do all the Resident Evils for stream I would not do four because they're remaking four, if I remember correctly. It's VR. Is it just that VR version that they were doing? And that's not like all they have announced. Okay, then maybe I would rebuy it. Yeah, that doesn't that doesn't mean they won't remake it, considering how well the other ones have done. But the only four remake that has been announced is the VR version, and that's not really even a remake. They're pretty much just porting it to be in VR. Yeah, uh, but I mean, Returnal is actually it has kind of some creepy horary aspects to it this fucking uh astronaut is just i don't even know i just don't even know but it's interesting anytime you go back to her house she relives like memories or not anytime but i guess generally whenever you go back to her house she relives some memories or but they're altered uh like i spent a good 15 minutes last night reading a book that was in her house uh made for great great entertainment for people watching the stream i'm sure probably not good thing you probably did only had that one viewer yeah, I one or two. I read it to them too. I read it to everyone. Did you make um, voices? There were no voices. There were. It wasn't multiple. It was like a informational book. Like it was a story, but like there weren't enough like instances of somebody talking to actually do voices. <laughs> that's that's fair. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, Cobb, you played some uh, Great Ace uh, Attorney Chronicles. Yeah, so I, I started the first of the two games in that package, which is the Great Ace Attorney Adventure. Um, I talked about, about this a little bit when it was, um, shown during one of the Nintendo Directs, I believe it was. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's a Phoenix Wright game. Like, it, it's in that series, the, the Ace Attorney series, as it were. Uh, but you are playing as one of Phoenix's ancestors from, like, the late 1800s. Yeah. Um, I forget his name because it's a very long Japanese name. But um, I, I've played through the first episode and started the second one. So 
the first one is actually it's similar to an early case in the first Phoenix Wright game. Uh, your character is put on trial for murder that he did not commit. Um, the difference being he is a college student and not even a law student. Um, but this is in Japan in the 1800s where they, they make many references to this in the trial. Um, their kind of judicial system, as it were, is kind of in its infancy at that point. Like this game would be at like the this would be at like the beginning of the the Meiji Restoration era, which is like kind of like when they had a more like democratic government go into place and everything, and like the the, the era of the samurai kind of was beginning to die out. Um, yeah. It's when Kenshin took place. If you've ever watched that show. But uh, so I have. Okay, so your best friend is a law student, and apparently, like the top student in school, like to the point where he is he is selected to take a trip to England to study, mm-hmm. and um, he he basically volunteers to defend you in court, even though the odds of you getting off are non-existent because that basically everything is stacked against you as it would be. Um, and because of that, uh, a teacher actually convinces you to not let your friend be your lawyer, but to have your friend basically just be your assistant so that they don't get any sort of like negative marks against them for losing the case. Yeah. So you end up defending yourself. And Drew, have you ever played any of the Phoenix Wright games? I know you have, Rich. Yes, but I only I think only the first one, maybe two that they put out on DS. That's I, that is still good enough. So so you'll at least get like a, you'll understand this. So as you're playing through the first trial, like it, it's this normal court setup, you know the inner um oh uh, fuck, what are those things called? Um, witnesses are coming in. You're 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 cross 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 questioning them and everything. But you know in like in all the Phoenix games, like he's he's enough of a lawyer that like he'll like slam his hands down and like point and kind of like you know be into it. Um, your character in this, because he's not a lawyer, like, he's very timid at the beginning of the trial, like, every so often he'll kind of, like, slam his hands on the desk when he's, like, making, like, a, like, a really good point, and they'll do, like, a quick little animation where he, like, looks down at his hands and then looks up, like, in surprise that he, like, was so forceful about it. (laughs) Um, and, like, as the thing goes on, like, you can see he gets more and more confident with things going on. He, it occasionally, like, pulls him back in when, like, they're like, oh, yeah, but we have a way to, like, disprove that notion that you just said. Um, but overall, like, it's it's a lot of the same gameplay. And the, that first case is also strictly trial. There's no investigation or anything. But they do add, um, none of the Phoenix Wright games I ever played had dual witnesses. So in this one, for most of it, there are two witnesses on the stand. And at a certain point, they actually let you redirect your questioning to a different witness. So when you're asking a question, or especially when you're pressing something, if the other person that's not giving the testimony kind of like does anything other than just their normal like idle animation, uh, you can actually change your um, your point of view over to them and press them instead, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know once once the next story gets going, that's where it's going to unlock like the investigations and everything, and where you're going to um, you'll have Herlock Shlomes as like. A, a goofy detective who makes all of the wrong assumptions, but so far it's it's got that same kind of goofy humor. It's less shitty localization though, because I kind of forgot how bad the localization was in Phoenix right until I went back to play it. Um, like what was that last year, or the year before when they released the trilogy? Um, that game is very much a it's supposed to be in Japan, and they 
kind of like force it into like, oh yeah, no, this is happening in America. We want cheeseburgers. <laughs> and like, like, um, Maya, the, the, your mentor's little sister is like a shrine maiden. Like that's where like she, she lived at a shrine in like the mountains in Japan. And in the English version, it's just like, yeah, no, she's just some sort of gypsy. <laughs> right. But yeah, so far this one, so far this one, it's fun. I like that it's a period piece too, because it kind of changes things up a little bit. Um, especially, so in the, the, the first case, um, you are put on trial for shooting a professor at your college, a visiting professor from England at this, this fancy restaurant that you're at. And it works out where like you were one of the only people in the restaurant. So like there weren't a lot of other, um, witnesses around. And some of the witnesses may or may not have been paid off to say that they didn't see anybody else in the restaurant when this man was killed. And I ended up figuring out what happened fairly early on, but I had assumptions about how it happened that were wrong. So there were, you know how like in those games you have to present things at certain times and like you present the right piece of evidence or the right person or whatever, and that kind of moves the, the dialogue along. Yeah. But if you present the wrong thing, you you like basically lose a check mark, and you're one one step closer to just being found guilty. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So there were a few times where I'm like, oh, I really this is the murder weapon. Like this is actually how they killed them. I need to present this, and like I'd present it, and I'm like, fuck. So that's that's wrong. Let me try to present this instead. And it's like I knew what the I knew how the guy was killed, what killed him, who killed him. I just didn't know the exact way it happened, and that. I didn't fail or anything, but I definitely wasted a few, like, hey, look at this evidence moments that I, I probably didn't need to if I would have just pressed a little bit more and, like, read what what else the people had to say instead of just jumping to the conclusion. Yeah. But I'm enjoying it. Um, that, that first case was, like, two or three hours also, so it's definitely not going to be a short game. You figure, I want to say there's five episodes per game and there's two games. So probably gonna be playing it for a while, but that's not a bad thing because it was sixty dollars. So at least yeah. I'm gonna get my money out of it. Those those games are always always fun. I wish I could like I wish I could hold my interest for a lot longer than they do whenever I sit down to play them because I just I always like I played the 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 uh, the Chronicles the trilogy whatever it was that came out a while back. Like I bought that. I played the first episode or like the like the first chapter in the first game, and that's it. And I haven't gone back to it. And I'm like, I need to get back into them. They're so fun. But they're also, like, I don't know if they're games that I... Like, they're games I'd rather play, like, while on vacation. But not when I'm, like, sitting around at home with other stuff. They're, like, bedtime games to me. Mm-hmm. Like, they're the games that, like, it's late enough that you're not going to play anything else. So you grab them and you investigate and do a little bit of stuff for a little while. And because they let you save basically any time it's real easy to just, like, pick up and put down. Yeah. And it's one, like, and generally, like, I take breaks between the episodes usually, too. Like, I very rarely go from episode right into the next one because, like, they do usually take a while, and if you play them too much, like, you do get burnt out because, you know, there there's not a lot of game to them, per se. It's a yes. lot of reading and, mo- like, just moving between a bunch of different areas to question the same, like, handful of people over and over again. Yeah. But... This one's fun so far, and it, it's a so it's a remake of a 3DS game. Both of them are mm-hmm. from 2015, so they're relatively recent 3DS games, but they do look significantly better than the uh, the Phoenix Wright games did. 
um and the the cutscenes and stuff are actually um like anime so like the the openings to the the different episodes are they're they're just cartoons like they're not just the visual novel stuff that the old phoenix Wright games were once you're once you're actually in the game that's what it is but you at least get like some nice animated cutscenes otherwise yeah hm. yeah so we're up to the book club guys we are up to the book club rich since you uh since you picked this one would you like yep. to uh would you like to start so i guess before we get started um we're going to talk about the message and life after mm-hmm. um we're going to talk spoilers so if you care about these podcasts um maybe don't listen these these, these are these are 5 years old 4 or 5 years old each. Look, I had never even heard of them until you talked about them. So I've, I've talked about them both on this fucking podcast at least once. I each. have no recollection of either of these. No, I, I vaguely remember them, but you know what I mean? Like, I, I hadn't really put any thought behind them other than like, oh, okay, yeah. like you like narrative yeah. podcasts. Yeah, I will, I will, uh, yeah, there, there, there are, there, we'll talk spoilers, spoiler warning for a five year old commodity. Um, I don't think there needs to be such a thing anymore. It's kind of your fault for not watching them and we have been telling you for a month now that we're going to talk about this so like this is true uh but yeah i i will i will kind of run us through this uh i want to first ask did you guys also listen to i said you didn't have to and it's fine if you didn't but did you listen to afterlife after with with neil degrasse tyson and other people like it was neil degrasse tyson the writer of the two shows and some other scientisty people i did i did not I that I meant to text and say that it gives you a little bit better insight. Do you agree, Druton? That like it helps you like maybe not really understand, but like it gives you a little bit more of a fresh like thought on the shows themselves. Yeah, I, I I'm gonna say I thought that was the best thing of all of it. Yeah, I, I'm to be honest, I'm not surprised. <laughs> uh, for for it's that you you aren't like we've discussed in the past. Like scripted media isn't your cup of tea so like yeah but like you've suggested uh in my opinion way better narrative podcast before like i thought these sucked honestly man <laughs> i i didn't like almost anything about any of it all right we'll we'll, we'll get into the message we'll first get... we'll get to the message uh uh, uh we already know Druton's feelings uh cobb how'd you feel about it? actually i liked the message um I, it's not something I'll ever go back and listen to again the way that you do, mm-hmm. Rich, but like it was short and I appreciated that they actually delivered it as a podcast. Mm-hmm. So like, well, we'll get into it more later, but like the other one, Life After, it it's just an audio drama. Like it's just things are happening and that's that. This one was actually presented as these people got together to record a podcast of this thing that they are going to be investigating and trying to figure out the origins of. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that was a neat way yeah. to do it. And anytime that they were recording something that was a little like off, um, somebody would make reference to like, are you recording this right now? Mm-hmm. Or like something like that. Yeah. It, it was fully like, they took a lot of reference to George Orwell when he did war of the world. Right. That was his name. Um, where, uh, or no, is that his name? When he did the radio broadcast about War of the Worlds and people thought that water towers were the tripods. Uh, but yeah, like they, they, they took a lot of that and that's what this podcast was like more trying to fill a reference to when it came to telling the story was like, this was supposed to feel real, even though it wasn't. And, and, and that's like one thing that really pulled me into it when I first listened to it. 
Hey, um, I'm sorry. I had to just real quick. Um, you were getting the names mixed up. So Orson Welles, Orson Welles, is who oh. did the the radio drama in the 20s or 30s. H. G. Wells is the writer of the novel The War of the Worlds from yeah a couple decades prior. Yeah, so I was talking about Orson Welles. Um, and so like that's that's like where they 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 brought it. Um, uh, what Drew? Any like beginning words on the message? Before we get further into it, I, I have like a kind of silly question I want to ask before, but I want to know what you thought about it before we get into it. I, I mean, I, I liked this one least of the two, honestly. Uh, like, honestly, because they were playing it as like this is a podcast being recorded, and just I don't know. I the message did not click with me in any way, shape, or form. So, um. As you listen to more and more of the message of the podcast, was there any point in time where you might have had a little anxiety, like, is this real? Am I going to have this breathing disease? Fucking no. not even close. It's, it's always, because the way they, like, produce it for me, I, I do, like, I know it's fake, but there's always that, like, man, that's interesting. And, like, you all, I always have that slight little bit of, like, like, it pulls me in so much that, Right before they play, even though I know what's going to happen, even though I know it's fake, even though I know how it's been, and I've listened to it countless times, before they play it the first time, I'm like, should I listen to it? Yeah, I'll listen. And I don't know if you guys saw my Twitter post, because there's really nowhere to talk about this online anywhere, besides maybe Reddit. But after listening to the message a number of times, this was the first time I heard, like, whispers in the background of certain scenes. Like, when somebody's close to death, and like... Like, it's, it, it, or mostly when, uh, what's her name is, is talking and being stressed out. Like, her pseudo, uh, spoiler alert now, alien voice starts to come out and you start to hear whispers and darker voices. Uh, you hear it the most, I believe it's episode five, when they get put into quarantine and are talking with the general. And he's going to, um, he's going to resign. And... So they're like, well, give us the reports. We need to read those. Only only the one woman will look at them. And, like, while they're having this conversation, you can hear in the background these, like, these, these deepened whispers. Hmm. And, and, like, this is the first time I've heard those. I thought that, like, did you guys catch anything like that? Any audio issues with that? Not really issues, but, like, anything else like that? Nah, I didn't hear, mm-hmm. hear those. That might have actually maybe helped it a little bit, but... Yeah, I didn't either, but also, like, I, I messaged you guys about this. Like, I am not good at paying attention to things like mm-hmm. that. So, like, I was, I definitely missed bits and pieces of things by just getting distracted, like, by something shiny on the ground or what have you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and we'll just real quick go into the, um, the final, the final reveal of the very last episode. Did you guys think at all during the whole series that she was an alien? No. No. That's the that's one of the things that blows my mind. Like like that's what really pulls me into is just like holy crap. That was like nothing that I even thought about. Yeah, it worked really well too because at least in my opinion, because up until then there are several sections where she's monologuing and there aren't other people around to listen, and she is still monologuing as this sort of like uncertain person. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was interesting to like could be at the end and be like, oh yeah, no, like this person's actually dead. Um, I've just assumed their form. Yeah. And yeah, like we were just testing you and 
this podcast has just been a way for me to send back my findings. Uh, anything you have to say about that, Jordan? Uh That's kind of where that whole show fell apart for me. That was like, oh, okay, really? Why? Why that? Why? Like, why? What though? Why having her be the alien? Why having the aliens? Why having the aliens be there at all? Like, I don't know. Almost felt like it would have been better left on just kind of a hey, we thought we figured it out and we kind of saved humanity. Story's over. Like, it felt pointless for her to be the alien. Uh, I mean. I, I, I definitely can't agree with you on that. Like, I, I, I like that they had her as the alien because, like they said, like, they needed someone to report back what was going on. And if it wasn't her being there, the aliens wouldn't have known. And the aliens were the ones that were slowly making the push each, every couple of generations to have them look at them. Like, they, like they, like the whole reason for her being there was to tell the aliens their, pro- the humans' progress on the message. And it's just like, it, it, to me, it like it wouldn't have hurt the podcast to not have her be the alien. It wouldn't have hurt the podcast if they ended it as she signed off the first time. But having her be the alien and throwing that in there to be like, look, the reason this nobody who dropped out of school was really good at hacking into things is because she's a life form that has lived for at least a hundred years. Uh, that's why she was able to do all this. Like, it, it would have left too many holes in it prior to like like again she was a linguistics major like how was she able to actually falsify those documents that well but she didn't falsify anything she hired people or at least you know that was the explanation in the show was she got other people to make this fake website for her to funnel the shit to make it look like oh here's this person did she say that as an alien or did she say that as herself i thought one of the other people said it one of the other people said it but she, they never explained, like, who she got to do all, like, it could have been that she hired somebody else to do it, or it could have been the somebody else she got to do it were other aliens. Uh, maybe. I, but I don't know. Even take, take that idea out of it. I, th- I thought the fact that this was a, so uh, we didn't actually say what the, the story was. Um, the, the government basically has a, a, a recording of a sound that they think is extraterrestrial in origin because they got it from space. Um, and over the years, multiple groups of scientists have tried to discern what this audio is, and some people involved with it have died. Yeah. Um, and it, so the, the way this plays out is they record this as a podcast now and send it out to the masses, and then massive, mass amounts of people begin getting sick and dying from hearing this audio file. So what I thought was actually interesting about the whole alien twist with with the main the main person recording it wasn't that like she hired people or did it herself or whatever, but that she was involved with every group yeah. that has tried to figure out the origin of this audio for the last 80 years or what have you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I thought that was the thing where like when the, the FBI director or whatever she was like goes like, and you have been here every time we've investigated this. Um, I thought that was actually the the interesting part of that whole thing. Yeah, yeah. That like she plays along the whole time, but purposely doesn't give them the actual answers. And and because it's not just about like her documents about um uh what's it called uh, uh school and things. It's the government documents she she fudged to say that 
the people who died from weren't listening to the message died of different causes. Because, Cobb, you, you had mentioned something that I have to call out to. It's not some people who listened to the message died. Everyone who listened to the message had died from the same disease. Was she the one that changed the records? She's the one who changed the records. The, If not her, the aliens changed the record. They went in to, uh, to change the records. Otherwise, because she said, if I hadn't changed these records, or if they hadn't been changed, and you saw that everyone died of the same disease, you would not have accepted this, and we would not have moved forward. She, they, she did it. She changed the, the physical copies, or altered the physical copies, so that they would show that they died of different various reasons and not of the same, uh, uh, what is it? PO1, I believe is what. Wait, did, ev- yeah. did every one of the people on the podcast get sick? Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, they all had, by the end of the podcast, they all had the bubble injections in their brains and they had all started getting sick at some point. That's why there was at one point they even urged uh, her to get them, the alien girl. I can't remember her name. They urged her to get them because, like, you're going to be listening to it a lot at the end of this episode. Like, get the get the bubbles. And she never got the bubbles. But, like, the, the cool thing, and this is something that you, you take if you listen to Life After, or uh, um, After Life After, like, the technology for the message is legitimate technology that GE is working with. Like, they had developed technology like that. And so, I guess it was their way of showing, like, here's the ultrasound technology we've been working with. Here's, like, a, a medium that we could show it off in. Um, but we can move on from the message, unless you guys have any other things to say about it. No, I like I said, I thought it was nice because it was there were nice short episodes, like 10 to 15 minutes. There were, what, eight of them, I want to say? Yeah, it was yeah. probably an hour and a half top. Mm-hmm. No, it, like it was definitely under two hours. Like it, they, because they were nice and short, it was easy to like listen to them. And even though I, I I listened to most of them pretty close together, like I was able to like just end at a, at an episode to do something else to then fit like listen to the next one. Like I wasn't like pausing in the middle of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh. So uh, any any last thoughts written for the message? Nah. Uh, I've uh, like I said, I've talked about these at least once now, twice or three times on this podcast. They're def. It's definitely the to me that's the better part of the two. Um, but life after is a different story. It takes place in the same universe, and it's about a a guy who lost his uh, wife in a fatal car accident eight months prior. Just dealing with life and um uh, uh grieving uh while everyone's trying to push him to move forward with his life, and uh he he then gets contacted by his wife through his cell phone through this program now known as Life After. Which... Well, even before that, he he was basically spiraling listening to yeah. basically voice blogs uh, from I forget the name of the app that that's there, a Voice but... Tree is what it's called. Voice right. Tree and it's like yeah. this like it's basically Facebook but it's all audio. Yeah. So people mm-hmm. just like record like lo- like short little audio messages and post them on there. Mm-hmm. And uh for me like I it's good. I listened to this one because it's good. The it it is well done narratively, and voice acting isn't bad. Like it is, it is an enjoyable listen. Um, I do enjoy the little nod to the message about halfway through. Um, I did like that too. I forget exactly what they said, but it was basically like it, they they basically made reference to the the people getting yeah. sick like prior to that this. Yeah. So there there is a point later on where like a signal is being broadcast, and uh, uh McLeod. Are we going to get that weird alien breathing disease? Yeah, right, right. Um, 
but I, I like the delivery style because one thing Kabio had said is like it's it's less of a it's just delivered as a podcast. It's delivered as an audio update where anytime he's talking, you are um you're Charlie in the phone at the end of the, the, the podcast. Anytime he's narrating the podcast when it's just him talking to you, it's him talking to Charlie and you're Charlie. Oh, yeah, but, like, any other time where you hear everybody else and it's, like, actually, like, the narrative, let's call it, it just felt a little weird, Be like, just because that's not a thing that I go and listen, like, I don't listen to narrative podcasts, mm-hmm. so having people just acting was just, it was weird for me. Yeah, uh, but any any opening thoughts on it before we get, uh, have any, like, uh, honorable mention, or not honorable moments in it and whatnot? Uh, I, I don't know. No. I thought I liked this a little more because it. I felt like the way it was produced was better. I liked the audio drama that it mm-hmm. was, and it felt a little more like plausible. Yeah, of, like like the message just nothing about any of that hit with me. This at least I could get on board with what these people were going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought I think this one did a good job of sort of taking a real life situation that somebody could be in. And then wrapping that science fictionness yeah. around it, yeah. Um, I definitely didn't expect it to go the way it did. Like, I didn't expect it to sort of like. Sp- I knew at the end that like he was setting up something. Like, I didn't think he was just going full their side. Yeah. Um, but like, I didn't expect the it to end where it's like, oh no, the wife just found out that like the whole thing was like a sham and like faked her own death and shit. Mm-hmm. Like, I did not expect that. Yeah. And that's, that's the other, like, that is the, the, the alien reveal at the end. Like, him explaining that, like, he saw someone at the barn at the very end. Um, and it was like, if he hadn't seen that person, he wouldn't have suspected anything. But because he saw that person, then the whole ending, the whole alien reveal happened. Uh, it's not aliens in this one. Uh, but, but essentially what happens is he, he has contacted, uh, his, his, um, his wife's, his dead wife's, uh, uh, voice tree disappears, and he calls voice tree to get it reestablished, and by the, and, like, argues with them. By the time he's off the phone, it's reestablished, and later that night, Charlie, his, his wife, talks to him through life after. Uh, he then gets, cause he is, he works for the social media department in the FBI. He gets pulled into some just serious double-triple spy action going on. Where the FBI is looking into embezzlement cases and fraud cases all through dummy companies owned by Lifetree and, or Voicetree and Life After. And they're just trying to, like, figure out essentially what they see this terrorist group, what they see this group as terrorists, what they're going to do. And it turns into, uh, the fact that this Life After AI known as Sasha is what do they call it? Like a combination between a super AI and a a a, a thin AI, where yeah, it's something like that. It's basically like it 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 can only work to achieve its goal. It yeah, it has but one it function. has the capability of finding ways to achieve its goal. Yeah, yeah, and so it ends up basically creating the signal using essentially the the message technology and like ultrasound and sound wave technology to basically control people to relieve them of their lives to let them kind of upload themselves to the cloud so that they can be with a digital version of their past loved ones 
while Sasha essentially controls these people as they live the rest of their life. Mm -hmm. As, like, basically, like, shells of people. Yeah, like, somehow she develops the, the ability of the technology in his phone to be able to listen and see everything, even if it's shut off and, and like, hidden away. Like, it can still see and hear everything. Yeah, because I think the way that the, the one scientist explains AIs, at least in, in that universe, is, like, your base-level AI, it can only do its task. It mm-hmm. is only smart enough to, like, finish a task that it is given. Whereas, like, the highest-end AI has a, has a level of consciousness to it that it can tell when something is the right thing to do or the wrong thing to do mm-hmm. to an ex- in a way so that it knows, like, okay, well, in order to complete this thing, I could kill this person, but killing this person is wrong, so I have to go the long way around. And this AI has some sort of combination of the two yeah. where, like, it can come up with the ways to do the thing – but it doesn't have the conscious part of it to, like, tell it, like, this is wrong. So, like, yeah. whether they have to kill or maim something to get to its end goal, which is saving humanity or something weird like that, um, it will do whatever it needs to do. Yeah, so the, the three four types of AI are narrow intelligence, general intelligence, super. And life after itself was a combination of narrow and super, where it has that one task, the task of helping humanity and help the bereaved, but it has the ability to do what more than anybody else. Like it, it has the reach to get whatever it can to do its one job. Yeah. Did you just um, look that up? Yeah. I looked up the three types of AI. Um, yeah. It, and it just, the, the way they like tell the story, the, the noir esque style and like how you're listening to everything. You don't get to see it. So like you, you are kind of in the dark, when he writes down his friend's address and you don't, you don't expect that right away. Um, or the fact that like you, you're only there when, 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 uh, the, not only when the light phone is open, because there's times where he doesn't have his phone that you're there, but it like you, Oh, they only tell you as much as they tell Sasha, which is to me, like a really cool, like point of view. It was very heist movie where like, You don't see, like, you only see it from one angle, but if you were to turn it slightly, you'd see that a bunch of other things were actually going on there, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, and- like, that that was actually a, a cool way to do it. I think the thing that got me was, like, these episodes were significantly longer. They were all at least a half hour. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were a lot of them. And, like, honestly, like, within the first, like, two or three episodes, I was not really enjoying this one much at all. So it was kind of a slog to get through, like, the first, like, hour and a half, maybe two hours of it. Yeah. And then it started to pick up a little bit more, and I I became a little more interested in it. And then, like, by the end, I'm like, okay, no, this was actually, like, this was interesting by the end. Yeah. It's, I, and I agree, like, I, um, when I started listening to the, uh, Life After Before This was Friday, maybe, and I didn't have a lot of work on Friday. So there were times where I was just sitting there listening, and I'm like, I'm like, I'm kind of bored. Like, I want to do something, but I want to listen. Um, and then I drove to the shore on, on Monday and I listened to the drive, on the drive down and back and finished it off. I was like, all right, at least I was like, I needed to do something while listening because at least early on, it's kind of slow and not much going on. And then like later on, there's just a lot that you kind of need to, like, I wasn't too focused to be able to drive, but like I was listening and 
intently and knew, to know what was going on. Yeah, which I I was a little bit lucky in the sense that the day that I listened to this was the second day I was out doing that survey last week or the week before. I guess two weeks ago now. Um, yeah. So I was literally just walking around a school a school campus by myself just clicking on my laptop. So like I had six hours to literally do nothing. And it's not like there was anything else to really like distract me. So I did have it on like most of the time I was doing that. Yeah. And like you said, like I wasn't driving or working in any like way that needed like concentration. I'm trying to think. Uh, how did you guys feel about the, uh, I can't remember his name, the handler's uh, lost loved one. It always makes me sad to think of that guy. Yeah. That it was his dog. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah, no, that was actually heartbreaking. That was the only thing that I actually thought was sad. <laughs> Everybody else is just like, no, just get over your shit. Like, oh, man, his dog died and he's this upset. That's a shame. Yeah, yeah. A- anytime I'm just like, oh, like, I always feel bad about th- for that guy. I'm like, he just wants his dog back. That's so sad. Um, But yeah, and then the whole, uh, I will get to the end. And if you guys have any, any final thoughts, we can talk about them. But the whole... uh show wraps up with like essentially the main character becoming a double triple quadruple spy like like one of those like sitcom they know that we know that they know that we know that they know that we know or a spy type of thing going on it's just like so convoluted that like they end up the whole big um plan for life after was to uh like i think it was like three thousand people or something like that to to turn them into quote angels and to have sasha take over their bodies and everything um, or it might have been 200 people. It might not have been 3,000. I can't remember. It was a lot of people it, either yeah. way. It was a lot of people no matter what. Um, and so they do this whole heist where, uh, he's being tracked by his old wedding ring. And, uh, like, they come into the barn. They stop. They create a counter signal to stop the, uh, them from ascending into the cloud. And the, the feds, like, barge in. And, uh, the main character, he starts to get, like, knocked out because he was beaten up a lot. And he sees somebody's face. And he's like, I need to talk to that man before he goes down. Uh, the next thing you hear, he's talking, or he goes to work to pack up his stuff because he's no longer welcome there. Because he did expose some sensitive material before he was working for him, or along with them. Um, that he, he had a promise from the FBI to get a copy of Life After and a copy of his wife, Charlie, on his phone. So he gets that, and at the end of it, he is talking to Charlie uh, after they had arrived somewhere. And he's explaining to her everything that's going on and that they are at his mom's, his, or at Charlie's uh, mom's old house that she sold after Charlie had passed away. And the person he needed to talk to at the barn was the doctor, the dentist, who confirmed that it was Charlie through her teeth, through her dental record. And from seeing that, he was like, this doesn't add up. He found out who bought, or that a dummy company bought Charlie's parents' house. He goes to Charlie's parents' house, throws his phone into the koi pond, knocks on the door, and Charlie, his actual wife who's been dead for eight months, answers the door. And it's just like that, to me, I'm like, that's like... It kind of, again, it, it's that, the, the alien reveal moment. And like, it kind of, I'm like, oh man, that's, wow, like, this AI thought that far ahead to get connected with this FBI agent. It found out who it needed to get in contact with by getting in contact with Charlie to, to set all of this up 
to try to save itself so it could always do what it wants to. And it's just like, it's, it, to me, that's like some great writing. And actually, I hadn't, I didn't really thought about it like that, that, um, that like the AI had really like planned all that out, mm-hmm. like ahead of time. Yeah. It, I, it, I think they even mentioned it during like the end, like Sasha had thought, had to get as close as she could to Ross in order, in order to know, because Ross is a no one. He is a nobody. So why not get close to a nobody? And so she needed to get close to Ross. And in order to get close to Ross, she threw all of her posts on uh, Life Tree, found uh, uh, Charlie, Charlie, and told her, like, give us time. I'm working on the ability to record video and and recreate a voice. But once oh, I that's do right. That, right. Yeah. yeah. Because that was Charlie's goal was to recreate her sister's voice who died as i think she was eight years old yeah like when they like, were very young kids yeah i think it was like 15 18 years ago or something like that but yeah it's just it's it's so good and if you listen to afterlife after they give you a little bit of extra insight on it like it's not a lot but they just neil degrasse tyson is a good scientific interviewer as well as just talk show host mm-hmm. so it's just an entertaining episode to begin with but like they just they they de- it helps you dive deeper into like the technologies behind these that GE was working on, which we already know deep fakes are real, so we know that life after is basically um and like the the the, the ultrasound technology from the message. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it was uh I mean yeah it, it these these are some of my favorite things to listen to. Um I've been meaning because I I ha- I'm behind on the the Wolverine podcast audio drama podcast and a bunch of other audio dramas well, not a bunch of others. it's not really that many others that i've li- that i have left to live. but these are just they're, they're so entertaining to me uh that yeah i just can't help but listen to them and i wanted you guys to know the kind of this kind of podcast i really like. yeah and it like i would have never like listened to this on my own just like i have it's just not a thing that i go looking for but like it, it they were well done. Like all the voice acting was good. Some of the mm-hmm. some especially in the second one, some of the voice voice actors in the in Life After sounded very familiar. Like I wouldn't be surprised if I've heard them on other things before. Mhm. I'm I'm sure uh I, again, I've tried googling these podcasts and there's nothing on the internet about them. So even if you go to GE's like website, they don't have anything listed about them. If you Yeah, to- the only thing you can find is like there's a the, like are like the podcast pages themselves. Yeah, so like it's you can't really look up the IMDb for these podcasts or, or to to look up who really did. But yeah, that's uh that's life after in the message. Uh, I hope the viewers, if any of you stuck with us and listened to it with us, I hope you guys enjoyed it. You can certainly message us on Facebook and Instagram, Twitter, whatever, and tell us what you thought about it, or even email us. It's your choice. Uh, but coming up next, Druton, what do we got for book club? Uh, we're gonna watch AEW All Out 2019. It was their second pay-per-view where they crowned their first champion, uh, in company history after having started in May of 2019, I think is when they kind of really kicked off with, uh, Double or Nothing. And, uh, yeah, it's on you. They have the whole show up on YouTube on, like, their official YouTube. So it's not like some pirated weird thing up on. (laughs) And, and and just... Quick question: How long is it? It's not like it's seventeen a, hours. Is it? No, it's like just under four. 
I think it is, like, three hours and 51 minutes. Yeah, I think that's about what it was. Cause I think it was, like, two, like, almost two-hour It's, like, videos. 203 and 148 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And as of right now, we would talk about it the, I guess, would we talk about it the week of the 1st? Uh, yeah, which would be, uh, a month from now would be the 1st of September, but um, I think we, as the three of us, can discuss, do we want to do 30 days, or do we want to move it forward, and we can throw the question out to any listeners, would you guys want us to do these book clubs more often, instead of every once a month, do we want it every two weeks or something? So I think, I think at, at least with, with something like this, where it is only about three and a half, four hours, I think two weeks is enough time. Like mm-hmm. I can find, I can find four hours over the next two weeks to listen to, or to watch this. Yeah. So if you're if you're saying have us listen to it by the 18th, uh, I I my I could watch it on the 8th. I could probably watch it on the 15th. Like I have time between the next now and the next two weeks to watch that. I and I, Drew, you've probably watched it like six times already. Uh, I've only actually wa- I actually think I've only watched it all the way through once, honestly. Okay, but hey, it's on YouTube, so we can turn up the speed to like double time. That's true. I've and been just, watching Critical Role at 1.25 speed past couple. It like that little bit of extra speed makes a difference. It does. It doesn't always work. Like some stuff just doesn't sound right when you speed it up. But it it's mostly at least for Critical Role, it's for combat only. Like if it's them doing RP stuff or like if they're like role playing and dropping story lore and such, it's normal speed. But if they get into a combat or maybe they have a shopping episode. I'll put it into 1.25 speed just to like speed. Even like combat will be one and a half speed because you don't okay. really, you don't really need to get the full effect of combat unless somebody dies. Yeah. And honestly, like I listen to a lot of podcasts in one and a half speed. Um, cause it's, it's fast. It's fast enough that it makes like a three hour podcast only like an hour and a half or whatever. Um, but it's not so fast that it's hard to understand anybody. Yeah. And I've actually found that when I put it back to regular speed in a lot of circumstances, it just sounds like everyone's talking at, just at just a snail's pace it's awful my favorite so far has been um firescape cast at one and a half times they just started doing video so they just started doing video and between hearing and seeing mary at one and a half speed it's hilarious (laughs) she she looks fucking manic because like she moves her hands a whole bunch and she already talks a little bit faster than um than the other two guys so it's just yeah like Dan and Mike are sound relatively normal, and then Mary just sounds like she's on fucking crack the whole show. But yeah, we will uh, we'll watch um, uh, AEW 2019 pay per view uh, by I guess the 18th. Um, if I will say though, if the listeners do chime in and say that they'd rather us do it once a month, we'll go back to once a month after this. But we'll stick to two weeks right now and see how it works. Yeah, and we can always we we can adjust for for the things too, you know. Yeah. If, like, I think three and a half, four hours is easy enough to do in two weeks, but if, like, one of us ever goes, like, oh, we should watch, like, the first season of this show, it's like, all right, well, maybe we need a month to do that. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. that that's enough time that, like, we don't want to force ourselves into doing something over two weeks that maybe, like, is just going to make us not like that thing because it feels like a chore. Yeah. And we don't want it to be a chore. <laughs> right. Um. I don't know. You're asking me to watch wrestling. It already feels like. I mean, it's going to be. <laughs> Don't worry. Don't worry. My next choice is Shin Godzilla. Fuck you guys. Is it free? I'll buy it for you, okay? <laughs> okay. Um, also, fuck you. I'd rather watch wrestling. I'm just throwing that out there. 
at, at least in the wrestling, wrestling happens. Shin Godzilla no. is Shin Godzilla is a is the best Godzilla since the original Godzilla, and that's the most recent Japanese one, right? Yeah, that was yeah, that was the most recent one that's on Funimation. I think it's actually you might be able to watch. There. Let's find out real quick. Um, but is is AEW the one where Kenny Omega is? Yes. Is he in this pay per view? Yes. Okay. I, I will say I'm glad you chose AEW because you probably knew I would not watch WWE. Um, well, also there is no. Well, I guess WWE has a number of like Royal Rumble matches up online, but I don't think there's anywhere to watch a whole WWE pay per view for free. Yeah. Without like subscribing to the network. Yeah. Like like that you guys have right now. Like I have Peacock. I could have and. All of them are there, but... You could, you could just give us your logins. I, I mean, I guess I could. Honestly, what I plan on doing if I do do Shin Godzilla next is, hey guys, I'm renting it this weekend. You have to watch it this week. Uh, so Shin Godzilla is not available on Funimation. It, it is a it is an item on there. It looks like it may have been there at some point, yeah. but it is no longer it there. Is, it, it's, it's distributed by Funimation, so I figured it might have it might had it. It definitely looks like they like it was available there at one point because their website's pretty bad and it basically has a watch this now button that um just takes you to a video page that said this video is not available. Yeah. <laughs> All right, it's a $3 rent or a $4 rental. Yeah, it's I'm not asking you to spend a million bucks. Again, I just I would rather watch wrestling. <laughs> but I think uh that sounds to be a show, right? Uh yeah. Yeah, yeah I th- I think that is a show. Uh, if you'd like to find more of our shows and such, you can head over to www.one-quest.com. You can also help us out by supporting us at patreon.com slash onequest, where you can help pick content for the show if you want it, potentially. Yeah. 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 Um, or get access to upcoming shows early or in large lump sums, for instance. If you can't support us there with dollars, though, you can go over to your favorite podcasting platforms. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, all those fun places. Our shows are available. Just search for OneQuest or PodQuest. You can also find us on social media, facebook.com slash online or at one underscore quest on Twitter and Instagram. Our YouTube channel is youtube.com slash video, and you can send us emails to social at one-quest.com. Otherwise, we'll be back next week with something else to talk about. Thanks for listening. Bye. See you. Bye.